My name is Rob, and I approve of this message, and you're listening to the Just Conversation Podcast. Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in 5, 4. What does live mean? Uh-huh. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast, the show where we ground humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas in childish ways. I'm your host, Jack. I'm your host, Jack, too. Yes, she is not Christina. And today, we got some awesome stuff for you guys. But, but, but before we get to that, you better remember to hit that subscribe button and get notified about things, you know, like episodes and stuff if you want them. They'll, 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 they'll make so it to you. can catch deal. them all. Yeah, you can catch all the Pokemon and episodes mm-hmm. if you want them anyways before we jump into what we're doing today we're going to read you some we're going to read you some reviews well the comments attached to these reviews on apple Podcasts. if you want to go and send us some feel free to do that and then we'll make it on the show too and before we jump in we're going to start with a wrong robot free association With or without enhancements, these sorts of free association, philosophical and intellectual experiments are fun. I'm always in support of folks who try and think outside of their confines of what they've been told to believe. So these hosts have fun with that process, which is what makes it the most enjoyable. Good work. Hell yeah, brah. Hell yeah. Totally, man. That's what we do. We get, like, philosophical, brah. And then we, like, talk about it to, like, the most depth imaginable. And then people are like, whoa, man. They're, like, so deep. It's so It makes so much sense. Yeah. That even though it's nonsense, we make sense out of nonsense. We make sense out of nonsense. That's what we do. That's mm-hmm. what we get paid the big bucks to do. Mm-hmm. Rolling in that gold. We don't even get paid in bills, bro. A, we make too much. We get paid in gold bricks. I thought people get paid in guac. Guap? In Guacamole. In guap? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's we'll, not guacamole. Guapamole. 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 We get paid in guapamole. Yes. Get paid all that guap, that guapamole. Anyways, the next comment is from Schuyler Frederick. Schuyler Frederick. Mm, I think I like wrong robot better. Pleasantly surprised. Being relatively new to the independent podcast, I wasn't sure what to expect when starting this one, but within a few minutes, I was hooked. Christina and Jack claim that they talk about important topics in childish ways, but I actually believe they offer unique and clearly thought-out solutions to big problems we're facing in the world. The solutions may not be the right answer, but the hosts definitely give you something fun to think about. Their vocal tones are easy to listen to, and the episodes fly by quicker than you think. Sprinkle in a few of Jack's wisecracks, and you definitely have an entertaining podcast that explains big problems in a way that we can all understand. Good job, guys. You're very welcome, and thank you. Yeah, he sounds like he totally listens to a bunch of our episodes. To be fully aware of the nonsense that goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I definitely like what he's bringing up there. Like the, the problems posed don't necessarily have realistic or applicable solutions. They just have different ways of thinking about solutions. The point isn't to really solve the problem. The point is to explore the problem. And we do that. And we yeah. do that. To make it 
to bring it down just far enough for the people who do want to find solutions to have a better starting point. Mm-hmm. Or to realize that there isn't really a problem. That's another thing. There's not really a problem half the time. Yeah. We just make things up, complain about random nonsense. Yeah, we perpetuate our own issues in life. Yep. It seems to be the human theme for the most part. Anyways, today we have something astronomically phenomenal that I've been trying to accomplish for the longest, but this is a busy human being to grasp. Today's guest is the lovely Rob, host of the Rob and Slim podcast. The Robin Slim Show, the podcast. Awesome. I guess it's the Robin Slim Show, which is also a podcast. But it's a live show that you can hear on Wednesday, starting at 6 or 6.30. And watch it. You can watch oh, it on yeah. Facebook. Watch it on yeah. Facebook, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is astoundingly funny and absurd and cringy and weird. And if you like that kind of stuff, this show is for you. Mm-hmm. But this guy's been my friend for a while, and I've been trying to get him on the show, but he is so goddamn busy. He is so fucking busy all the time that it's so fucking hard to get him because he has shit ton, shit ton of guests, guys. If you want to listen to that show, it's definitely worth it. Shit ton of guests. He had Matthew Santoro there once. He had writers from Seinfeld The episode in there. that you were on. Yeah, the episode that I was on. And uh, he had me on there. I'm the biggest star there. Yeah. Yeah. But now nah, he has uh, Matthew Santorin, writers from Seinfeld and musicians and actors and artists. And every walk of life goes through that show. Definitely worth the listen. But this man is fascinating. The, the guy behind the work is so different than the work he's behind. And it is just fascinating to get to crawl into somebody's head like this. And kind of show, I do truly advise after you listen to this to go listen to his show and understand the drastic difference that is this man versus his like creation. Also, show some love to his other show. Should I say what it's called? You want to say what? Too many rapes? Too many rapes. Yeah, man, definitely. Go look at all these things that this man does. It is definitely worth it. He is a creator filterless he's just unapologetically who he is and he's not even like a douche he's like a legitimately kind awesome guy he loves his family he loves his work he loves his friends he is a true human but he is unapologetic about his work and that i fucking love that shit right there Mm -hmm. that is the mark of a true creator when you are just not letting anything hold you down yeah he really loves it too that's that's what it has to be. You have to love what you do. Mm-hmm. You can't let the world hold you down based on what the world thinks should be done. And he's he's that kind of guy. If like we say at some point, if the show if 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 the boat is going to sink, he's going to sink with it. And that is definitely the way to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's life is about life is about you know, you, you got to enjoy it. You can't just fucking hide behind everything always for the rest of your life and try to play it safe and then hate that you never took the shot. He's always taking the shot. That shit matters hard. Yeah, go for your dreams. Yeah, that's that's the way to be, man. That's how you got to go. Yeah. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this lengthy discussion I have with Rob. And I uh, hope you guys get to know him through this and enjoy it and, and check out all his stuff. Yes, for sure. Go stalk him. Anyways, go check his show out, The Robin Slim Show. You can find that on any podcatcher on Apple Podcasts or wherever the fuck. And, uh, Google it. And you can find it on Facebook Live. 
and on IPM Nation and uh, go do that thing. And enjoy this conversation. Yes. Hi. Hi. That was just, uh, I just had a, a musical guest last week, Mary Prankster, and she did two songs live for us. I just uh, converted them and uploaded them to our Podbean, which is, I think, the Robin Slim Show or something like that. And how's that? Dude, I don't even know how the fuck you do it, to be honest. How the hell do you... <laughs> Again, you are the hardest working human I have ever like met in my life. You do way too much for, for a week. For one episode. The things I spread yeah, out yeah. over like four months, you do every week. Like, what the hell <laughs> tonight, is that Tonight, about? I have to walk, right after you guys, I got to write the Too Many Rapes for this week. That's it. It's a huge, huge production. I do four half-hour guests every week, news, everything, all TV, show, show reviews, all that, all that good stuff. But how do you stomach it, dude? How do you make it to the next day without, like, blowing your freaking brains out? I, I need that. I need a nonstop, a nonstop pace, or, or I just, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do with myself. That's fucking crazy, dude. You don't like breaks aren't a thing in your life. No, not at all. No breaks. No filter. No breaks. But why? There's nothing like you like to do on the <laughs> side, know. or this is the fun for you. Like you like this kind of ultra complex moment to moment life. Yes, yes. I need like one thing after another. I need a movie. I I think it's just how I'm wired. I think in like I think first grade I, I just paced too much and I laughed too much and they made me see a school psychiatrist. Like I've always been, always just been nonstop. But that's fucking great, dude. That's that drive that most people are missing in life, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just psychosis, psychosis, nicotine, and ca- caffeine. Psychosis, nicotine, and caffeine. All the three. Yeah. You ever cross um, your coffee with some uh, alcohol, mix both of them to have that extra jacked up motivation? That's what I'm doing right now, yes. Oh, really? That's essentially like what a Four Loco is, isn't it? Or it was at least when when they first canceled it because people were having like heart attacks or some shit. Yeah, I never mess with those, but our intern, Slamborghini, he he had them live on the show. I think the first time he became the Slamborghini, he was just chugging those. How the fuck, dude? I'm, one, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of alcohol. I think I've been, like, a bigger pothead throughout most of my life. But uh, <laughs> I, I can't. This scares me, bro. Some some alcohol combinations yeah. are horrifying. Like, I'm scared to die randomly. Dude, I think with those, I think somebody, like, murdered his whole family. Like, he just got all fucked oh up. Oh, my God. That murdered, sounds murdered so everybody. familiar. That's rock bottom. That's rock bottom, dude. Man, four loco and somebody. That sounds so like I. It, it's rough. It's on my mind. It's on the tip of my mind. Four loco. Man, did they kill their whole family? You said they killed their whole family, right? Let's see if we can find. I think this so. Right that sounds like like a lot of things happened. It might be like the Mandela effect, though. It. He might have just like. Bro, for real. Everything at this point is a a a Mandela effect repercussion. <laughs> like what's real dude wait every everything is conflicting information isn't it everything is fake news and everything is the truth all at the same time everything gets revealed to have all been the truth and everything is like everybody's trying to fabricate and everybody has their own version of the truth anyway so everybody's fake news but everybody's trying to tell you yeah. their truth so it's all true anyways like what the fuck everybody's wrong everybody's right isn't that some shit mm-hmm. exactly man i don't even understand world's fucking nuts <laughs> You got political views. You side politically. I feel you're the type of guy who wouldn't give a shit. 
I don't. I don't give a fuck whatever. But uh, this guy now is just a, a joke, just a total joke. But uh, like, if there was a dead dog running against him, I'd vote for the dead dog. But otherwise, I don't give a shit. Bro, All they the voted for a dead monkey versus him. <laughs> yes, he's just straight up a dumpster fire. It's a real dumpster <laughs> Bro, fire. but tell me he's not the most important dumpster fire to have ever existed. He's total chaos, but he's so necessary. Think yeah. of all so the good. He does like tickles me as a person, like as a guy, but in in the position he's in, he should not be. He should not be, but some of the shit is hilarious. Yeah, but look, look, I definitely agree that he's not like a leader. But I think mm. once in a while, this wrench is super important to just throw into the fucking gears and see what the hell happens. Because, yeah, bro, true. think about it. We have had kids in cages since 1996. Nobody was talking about it until he made a big deal about it. Everybody thought it was his fault. Then they started digging in and found out Clinton signed that fucking bill. Whoa. But it yes. took Trump being yeah. a fucking dumpster fire for us to find out. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes, yeah, exactly. like a weird double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, totally, totally. Man, it's so fucked up because it happens know, that. with everything. We need to roll the dice. Yes, exactly. Dice Once in got. a while, it's very important to just break a couple of things so that we have something to fix. <laughs> or, or you know what? Yes. Because we keep building in front of what was there in the past. What we're doing is covering up the disasters behind the new walls. That doesn't mean the disasters aren't there. We're just not seeing them. So once in a while, we got to tear through the new walls, look back and see, oh, shit, those shits are broken. Let's fix those and then rebuild. Yeah. And we'll never talk about this again. We'll never, after he's gone, we'll never talk about him again. Like, we'll just forget he ever was there. Yeah, that's totally what's going to happen. He's like, bro, people mm. don't even call him like president. They just say his name. <laughs> They'll have like a half a page in the history books. If he has a page in the history books, he might just be a little blurb. <laughs> Oh, I like those. I like the images. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Right next to Nickelback. What the fuck? Oh, they kind of do look the Ooh. same. And yeah. definitely comparable is garbage. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Wait, you know what? Maybe this isn't like an appearance <laughs> comparison. Maybe they're comparing his presidency to their music. Oh, that. I, I agree with that. Maybe he is. Maybe he is the lead singer of Nickelback. Oh, man. Ooh. That's a hard one. That dude. <laughs> That's a rough one right there. <laughs> man, that's oh, fucking crazy. That reminds me of uh, Kingpin with, uh, oh my god, who is that? Oh, Bill Murray. When he's got a, like a hair, he's got a wig on and he's out on the, on the golf course, I think. Just golfing and it, it blows off. Kingpin? What are you, what, what, I don't know what you're talking about. That's a movie? Ooh, it's a movie. I have it somewhere, yeah. Uh, I think it's the same guy that did, ah, oh, shit. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. It's somewhere on my shelf. But yeah, the movie's called Kingpin. I think it was from like the late 90s. It's Woody Harrelson, Bill Murray, or not Woody Harrelson. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm totally, totally fucking this up. Uh, yeah, it's about I'm an not Amish like the guy who gets movies. his like freedom and he gets to go out and then he finds, he finds bowling or something like that. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, man, and so he Murray. just, he becomes like the biggest like bowling star. It's crazy. Are you big on movies? You're, I can't believe you've never seen that. Oh, no, dude. There's so much I haven't seen. I'm not like a movie guy. Oh, what are you, like, what are you into? I'm a, uh, I like reading, and I like very comprehend. Like, I could, basically, I have to be involved in the thing. So reading allows me to picture things in my head. Video games allow me to actively move the story. I can't, like, uh, I can't be motionless. 
I need to somehow be taking part in the process. Otherwise, I lose my freaking mind. I start getting anxious when I'm watching, like, television for too long. I feel like I'm too unproductive, and I start getting, like, nervous and annoyed. Oh, that's strange. That's different. That's different. Yeah, yeah. I'm similar to you. I need kind of consistent motion, but even, like, mm. I, I enjoy downtime. It's just my downtime also looks productive. I Basically, what you apply to one thing, I need to apply to 700. I can't, ah. I can't like... Put, uh, like, I don't mind putting a bunch of energy into one thing, but it can't be every week, always. I will no. lose my ah. freaky mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I need one thing. need to, like, master that one thing. I don't know how, dude. I consider myself like a, a like a good polymath. I'm I'm informed in every possible area. I know at least a little enough to defend myself, but I can't. Like I, I definitely respect the drive you have to just focus and move forward on one thing. And there's a lot of moving parts in your show, dude. Like a lot of moving parts in your show. I don't know how you balance it. Even just it. the breaks. Even just the breaks every week. I set up all the music, all you know, all the all the ads every week. I, I throw them in. Usually they're in the same, like the ads are in the same like spots and all that, but the music, I, I constantly change. I'm like, well, what mood am I in this week? You know, that kind of a thing. So, yeah. And you also lot. get in contact with, uh, with underground musicians and things like that to help them promote themselves, which is also a whole other interaction process that happens behind the scenes that nobody's even aware of. Yeah. Yes. That, getting different uh, promotions for different podcasts like you guys, I got a... Uh, Murderous Miners, uh, Killer Kids, and uh, I think the Blockbuster Mentality are, are the, the ones I play right now. But yeah, I, I get those. I get all sorts of things. I get ads from, from RiderDoll.com to Adam and Eve and all that stuff. Man, that's so crazy. You Just, just so many... Uh, again always impressed it's truly a magnificent work of art because it is ultimately your baby right it's just your giant painting that you continue yes. to add to yeah my my canvas yeah man now what fascinates you particularly with the whole because there's so many aspects of your show that are like intentionally trying to cringe out your audience <laughs> I think that is just me, though. Like, I think, like, I am, like, if you worked with me, that's the stuff I do. So that's just, like, my natural, like, state. You'd like just to cringe people out. That's not you adding anything. That's just how it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I have the time. That's just me. And, and, like, a lot of the stuff on the show is just, like, like all the news and stuff. I've never read those stories. I find them, and I'm like, oh, this headline looks cool. But I just throw them in our Facebook group, and that's all, like, spur of the moment. That's fucked up. Do you, do you hang out on Facebook a lot? You do a lot of things on Facebook? Uh, Twitter and, and Facebook, yeah. Those are my big ones. But I usually just post. I usually just post our show content. That's all I do. And then, like, me and Slim have a private group on Facebook where, like, I'll throw in, like, my Too Many Rapes script or his, like, Drizz things. I'll throw that in there, like, every week and, and all the news stories. How, how long have you met? Uh, how met? How long have you known, um... What's his name? Slim for. What's his real name? Mm. Jonathan with a J-O-N. The weird way. Okay. How do you guys... Because there's a pretty big age gap. I like that uh, one of your commercials is basically the guy trolling you guys saying that you met him at like a schoolyard or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, we used to work together uh, a couple jobs of mine ago. That's how we met. And... uh for years before that, because I worked in radio, I think in the early 2000s, and I got fired from that. So I always wanted to start like a podcast or an internet show. 
And all these people all the time would be like, you want to do it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, but they would never come through. Never come through. And out of the blue one day, Slim, who I just worked with and knew that I used to do that kind of thing, he asked me if I wanted to do it. Uh, he was doing it with his cousin at the time. So I'm like, yeah. So we would get together and we would do the show. And after like three or four shows, his cousin was a dud. I hated him. I think he was racist. Uh, <laughs> he was just stupid. So I'm like, dude, you got to get rid of your cousin or I'm going to. And then like a week later, I messaged him and I'm like, should I fire uh, your cousin? And he goes, no, I already did. I'm like, sweet. And ever since, it's just been the Robin Slim show. Okay. So this diff definitely started as something else. Yeah. Yeah. And why do you think he was and racist? It was like an hour at first. We just did like an hour of bullshit. And then I was like, I want to start doing interviews. So we figured out the Skype. He's a genius with all the, all the setup and all that's all him. The live broadcast, all of it. That's that's all on Slim. Yeah. So he's like the tech guy. What? Okay. So what the hell does uh uh what is it? Lamborghini. What the hell does he do? He just sits there and consumes and and just is he's he's our dumpster fire. He's a also, <laughs> when I want him to like get in the bathtub and smear stuff on his stomach or anything like he does whatever I tell him to. Why is he okay with that? He, yeah, I don't know. He's like our stunt boy, and I think he's a little afraid if he doesn't do that stuff, we're gonna like just be even shittier, shittier to him. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what what child abuse brought him to to be himself. But I, I, I mean, love it. <laughs> yeah, at least he's committed to something, right? Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever seen our belly porn. It's it's him. He gets in the bathtub and he just smears like chopped meat. And raw eggs on his stomach, and he just glitter everything. He's just smearing all over his his bloated stomach. It's amazing. It's less about him actually agreeing to do it, and more about why you guys want him to do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just like I just like making somebody do something like that. It's just like a power trip. Do you have? Do you enjoy like having you know? Like, because you're definitely a a, a control freak that is how you get yes. off that's your whole shit you love a million parts and manipulating all of them in in your favor so yes. do, do you is is there some true fascination that you have rooted in taking control of other people do you truly enjoy that i think part of me does and part of me is just like i just i could just do it like people i've always been uh uh what's the word uh you know real uh per persuasive Oh, yes, yes, yes. Real persuasive, a real, like, master manipulator. But it seems like, he, he, I would say, rather than manipulator, you're definitely persuasive, because everybody seems like they're they're just agreeing as if they want to agree, not because they feel cornered or something, and that is a particularly good ability <laughs> yeah. to have, to just kind of, like, you want to do this. Oh, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. And uh, I've also been told I'm, uh, like, a great listener, and I've I've listened to um even... The same uh, guest like we've had on. I've listened to it on other shows. I not not with you guys and me, but a lot of them. I feel like because you guys do something totally different than we do. But I, I feel like other shows that have had the same guests that we've had and try to do the same type of interviews, they're never as good as ours. Like I have a real way of like naturally bringing stuff out of people and um, just just relaxing them. I I will agree with that. Actually, one of the parts of your show I enjoy the most is that you do kind of even guests that I've had and have been at least awkward in the beginning with us. You immediately like take out 
all of that from them and they're just kind of chill and willing to and, and it has to do a lot with the fact that you do prepare again you're you're the master of moving parts essentially you prepare ahead yeah. of time and you got things to kind of dodge those things i i prefer just kind of hopping in blind and seeing where it goes see if we <sighs> if we could turn it into something and if it's a train wreck then fuck it well that's what i find not every guest is is good with that kind of a scenario so i will i can go either way i can go either way in an interview but i will always have like that backup at least that prep and all. Yeah, uh, it's good because it seems like a lot of guests do kind of need it. it. It's very rare that somebody comes up with the ability to just kind of hold a conversation without some direction. And you're really good at giving them that direction so that they don't feel like uh, kind of lost and sh too shy or whatever. Yeah. What I will say, and this is about your show, this part blows my freaking mind. As crazy, psychotic, and weird and awkward as... um slim seems to be it seems like when you guys have guests he leaves that character behind and he is just filled with depth his questions that he just thinks up on the spot are like you know when you're listening to like howard stern or something and you're like man i wish he would ask he's that guy who like throws that question that you're like thinking about but you don't have like the ability to ask because you're just a listener he has those yeah. questions he's so profound I used to cringe when he used to um in the in the beginning I don't know the first two years when he used to try to ask a question but then yeah I think it was about season three um well, my girlfriend messaged me uh, Ryder she was like when did some get funny and I'm like and when did he get like cool and, and like able to do this I don't know I don't know if it's something like he developed over the time I don't know if it's something I brought out of him or if he had to step his game up to like sit you know to do it with me but yeah he really really hit some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally impressive. I, I definitely hate him every other moment. It's so goddamn cringy. <laughs> it's so I feel like the Driz character is the is the window into the creepiest parts of his soul. Yo, it really is. And like, I, I know we all have a little dark and we all like, we all want to say some kind of off the wall shit, some kind of mildly <laughs> racist thing or some super sexist or offensive thing. But the, that that character is essentially the filterless version of that inner version of all of us. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it just is the most that's amazing. fucked up shit that he can think of. His his raps, man. Oh, okay, wait. We gotta take a pause right here. And like, what's up with the with the what is it? Singing the 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 news. How did that happen? So while singing the oh the drizzle news, that's when I do news like a sports announcer to like some fast paced music in the background. Oh my god, who was that football player? Aaron Hernandez, I think, that hung himself in jail. I have no idea. I think that's who it was. It was years ago, and I'm like, I wanted to do the news story. But uh, but it was like the, one of the darkest news stories uh, ever. So I'm like, what if I put it to like real fast paced music and talk like a sports announcer? So that's what I started. I just started that, and the drizzle's already like a thing. So I just called it Drizzle News, where like he just chimes in every now and then with like, yeah. So like that was that was how that came about. And so every week I do like three news stories in that fashion. That's fucking crazy, because it's probably some of the darkest news. Like, what was this last week? Some some person <sighs> murdered their family or some crazy shit like that? Yeah, something like that. I think some drunk drivers. It's always, it's always some of like, the darkest stuff. But there are some I won't touch on. Like, I will not touch on, like, children. Either, 
like abused or like murdered kids. That stuff is just like, I don't oh, know. Oh, bro, but stuff why? Is just sick. Just too sick. On our show, although we don't normally hit on news, it seems like most of the only things we discuss when we do reference news is children dying and getting fucked and touched by all these like priests and fucking what is the 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 cookie people the boy scouts or whatever the fuck all those people just kind of yes the brownies or whatever they i don't even know the weeblos oh man it's just real fuck but i like that kind of dark shit you know it's like fuck it i think it's it's important because it's the reality of the matter yeah but that's a lot of the news stories it's like murdered children and i'm like oh my god i can't even i can't even deal with that I but really adults doing shit I could deal with. Nah, man. See, I think I think it comes from you. You do have sort of good in you, and you. Uh, here's the thing: a good. Uh, I've recently been exercising the understanding of sort of the inner artist and the outer artist, right? And so the inner artist is mm. always polar opposite to the outer artist. So who you are in Ooh. front of, like a mic is definitely different who you are in your day-to-day. Because, like, in our interactions outside of your show or whatever, you're, you're kind of a real nice guy. You're real chill, re- very friendly, uh, outgoing. You're, co- you're a concerned person. You care about things. And then you go ahead and you sit in front of this mic, and you're yes. this sort of exaggerated, hyper-disrespectful, off-the-wall, filterless, kind of almost a, all of you are borderline monsters almost. Until you get to the guests. That's where all yes. of you kind of drop your, your evil yeah. personas. Yeah, we do. We do. We drop that facade. But yeah. But I still I still will joke with like my buddies, like that kind of that kind of shit. Like I will like at one time like uh, some of our stuff like on the show comes from stuff that I joke with at work with my buddies. Like one day out of the blue, me and my friend Michael were just talking about like the ultimate like practical jokes and we came up with this. The ultimate practical joke would be like if you were ever like a millionaire and had like four weeks left to live, you were like stage four cancer. Just just adopt, just adopt like twenty kids, and then like a week later, be like, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying, like that. <laughs> like I don't know, so some things up. just really, <laughs> really come out, no matter what for me. But that's because those people are in your inner circle. They're in contact with that inner character yeah. that is really who you are versus the outer presentation that you have. Yes. Yes. Even with um like going back to like too many rapes, like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff we do is with a wink and a nod. It's not it's not serious, like, you know, rape uh whatever jokes, but it is it is. It's 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 just it's just an exaggerated parody of whatever of the world. Yes, there you go. That's perfect. That's why I think that it's it's art that you are doing because you are kind of sort of you're not showing who you are because that's not really who you are. You are a kinder human. You are a caring individual. You love your children. You love your family. You're, you you yes. love your friends. You're you're a conscious person. But yes. you but that paint. is also not that's also not interesting. You know, if I just sat there, like, sipping tea, like, you know. Here's the thing. about, you know. That's not interesting to you because that's who you are internally. And so you need to paint uh, the picture that you see, which is you're, you're, you're observing the world. So you're trying to paint sort of your interpretation of the world. Your, your inside is private. You don't share that with the world. You want to show no. the world how you're seeing the external world. So, uh, opposite to somebody like... Uh, Eminem, 
think of Eminem. He doesn't really care about showing you the outside world. He wants to show you his inner world, if that yes. makes sense. So there's a, a, a many different kinds of artists, and your form of art is interpreting your surroundings and your environment and what you see happening and trying to make That's sort like of... Superman. Yes, exactly. An absurd version of what there is, is what you're trying to do. You're definitely making a parody. You're painting chaos. Yes. Yeah, because like, yeah, Superman, his alter ego was Clark Kent, and it was his interpretation of the world around him. That's exactly what it is. Yes, exactly. That's that's definitely what I think you're you're it, or at least I I can't be the judge of it, but it's it comes mm. across that way that you are sort of sitting back, looking at what's going on, and make it's. Do you have do you know the the music video for This Is America by Childish Gambino? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. You know how that video is like heavy, heavy distractions from what's happening in the background. So they put all the dancing in the front and try to kind of mislead you <laughs> from all the events in the background. Yep. Okay. Your singing news is equal to that. <laughs> yes, I'm dancing, I'm singing up front. Yes. And it's all in the background. And it's all to make light of what's happening, not in an insulting way, but it kind of comes mm. across as a form of this is America, where it's like the awareness is you will get distracted by laughing at the fact that I'm singing something that should, in theory, be very dark. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and I can argue that this might be one of the most artistic music videos I've ever seen in my life. It is. It is a masterpiece. Like when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is great." I think that and um, Joyner Lucas had a a video. I'm not racist. Last year, those two were my favorites. It was him, and it was um, it was a real political one. It was about like a uh, real right winged. Yeah, guy, yeah. I'm not racist. Uh, the, the Democrat was like a black guy, and it was damn like hating each other. But then by the end of it, they're seeing each other's differences, and they're just like, you know, giving each other a hug. It was the best. It was the best. Yeah, yeah, that that's the uh, the song. I'm not racist. It's uh, definitely one of my yes. favorite songs by Joyner Lucas. That's actually, I I would say that's what blew him up to start with. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I love that other one he did with Logic uh, Isis. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. You you big into rap? <sighs> yes, yes, real big. Uh, not as like uh, maybe not as I was years ago, but yeah, I still I still it's definitely one of my favorite favorite uh, genres of music. What got you into rap? Wait, explain your background a little to me. Where do you come? I know you're in Jersey. Where, where essentially do you come from? You were born and raised in Jersey. Yeah, North Jersey, Bergen County, and then uh, you know, then when I was in high school, it was all like it was all like grunge, all '90s era type stuff, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, all that. Um, and then I moved down to South Jersey, and then it was like around the time of like Wu Tang and all that, and all my buddies down here. Went into like hip hop, so it was like me introducing them to like Rage Against the Machine and like Beastie Boys and stuff like that, and then then them introduced me to like Snoop and like Wu Tang and all that. So then from there, like a lot of my friends, they really loved like underground stuff, like I think Dilated Peoples and Eminem. I think it just dropped, and they're like, "Yo, you got to check this this guy's CD out." So it was really cool. It was like an awesome like awesome group of people down here I met, and then and a lot of them too made their own music. So it was it was a good it was a good time. <clears throat> no, it was a real mix. I would I would actually say that Rage Against the Machine and Linkin Park were probably my strong introductions to the rap world, and then Eminem kind of entered the mix, and from there the ball just kept rolling. Yeah. Oh, he was just next level. 
He still is. He's yes, still one he of the greatest. Still is. I think he is. When it, here's the thing: when people argue Eminem, they're arguing points that don't even make sense. Like if they're saying, "Oh, he's the best musician," <laughs> I, I don't necessarily agree with he's the best musician. I would agree he's the best mm. rapper. He's his lyrically, a yes, definitely lyrically a genius. His wordplay is beyond comprehension. That shit must fly over ninety nine point ninety nine percent of people's heads. It's yes. way too complicated. Double, triple, quadruple entendres. He is a savage yes. when it comes to wordplay. Best rapper. Is he the best musician? Mm-hmm. Like you could take off a beat, you could completely strip a beat from Eminem, and the rap will still be good. Some of his beats are arguably garbage. Yeah, like it doesn't. You don't. Different. Yeah, you don't need. You don't fucking yeah. need the beat for Eminem. The the music isn't the thing there. It's the lyricism. You're there for his genius in words. I would say that if it's a full product, maybe Kendrick Lamar is the best because it feels like if you took the beat, that song falls apart. Yeah. When he first came out, I wasn't that impressed with him, but then over the years, I've been like, yes, he is definitely the best, the best new guy out there. Hell yeah! Actually, what I'll say is, at the beginning, I was more captivated. Then there was like a softer patch. I think the strongest thing he's offered is the album "Damn," which blows my goddamn mind in how impressively crafted that album is yeah it's 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 like it has to be like the best psychedelic album i've ever heard in my freaking life it's a self-referencing album (laughs) the tracks could be played in any order they seem to almost melt into one another so like this song could be the intro of that song or the ending of this song it could be in the middle of that song and like it's such a mind fucking a half the the sort of self reflection that he yeah. manages to do, which is kind of reminiscent of uh, old school Eminem actually. Like when he comes out, I think I forget what the last Amakazi was. It really sucked. You do not like um, revival. Yes, that one. I couldn't stand that that album. I think when it came out, one of my buddies at work was playing me a song off it, and I'm like. My ten-year-old son could write a better a better rap song than this. I don't remember which song it was, but there was a lot of garbage on there, and it sounded like almost like a middle schooler like wrote it. What? I I would suggest I would say yeah. you go and hear it a couple of times. Yeah. Yes, I, I think may have to. I, I think may have to revisit it. What's going yeah. on with that album is that the sound he chose was very weird. It was very not rap. Like, the first song is him rapping over Mm. an orchestra. That's so odd. But I think it's the most technically impressive album he's had. I think it's really about... Like, I think the raps are particularly complex in there. It's just written in such a way that I think it's, one, to mock mumble rap. He's mocking mumble rap straight (sighs) through that album. He's also mocking trap straight through that album. He has a lot of uh, emo... Like, it's also a really heavy album, specifically for uh, people who are younger. It might come across really heavy. Like, he's got songs about uh, an abortion he he had a woman get once. He has apologies (sighs) to his mom. He has uh, reflections Mm. on his... uh, How he almost died and left his daughter without a father because of his drug habit which is why he cleaned up in the first place so it's like it's real heavy for the young audience but for an older audience like me and you we can definitely appreciate something like that more yes but the sound is so it's it's basically you know the whole creators thing where you make one for the audience and one for yourself and one for the audience and one for yourself (laughs) i think that one was for him 
And it was like yeah, real. Probably. Yes, it was like very for him. It was very personal. It was very different. He got really weird in a lot of places. And just it, even doing a song with Ed Sheeran, I was like, what, what is this? What is this? This is I so think weird to me. That is the heaviest, I, I, probably the most unbearable song there. And it's not because it's bad, but it's because <laughs> it's so depressing. That's actually the song about the abortion. <sighs> the song he did on the, what was the album? Uh, I think it was. I, uh, the, the, which album did he do the song with the guy from fun on it that was like similar where it was just about his mom just yes. uh, about his relationship with his mom that was a Marshall Matters LP too that was a, an apology to his mom yeah that was, yes that was that that album yes and that was like on that album that was a yeah one of the saddest songs yeah man like there's a lot of that still in revival I think that's really what what brought people way the hell down a lot of kids bought that album and wanted to sort of they wanted to have the hype of Eminem, like a bunch of people who just became the age to start buying Eminem albums wanted to have the, cause they hear about us talk about him. He's like, Oh, he's the edgiest. He's the, the crudest, the smartest, this and that. And they yes. jump in and they get that like depression bomb dropped on them. And it's like, they can't handle that. <laughs> welcome to life kids. Yeah, man. That's exactly. That's what that album was. It was a welcome to fucking life. This is what it looks like. And, like, they weren't ready for that. They just thought fun. They thought the Kamikaze album is what they were essentially getting with that. That's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, what everyone thought they were getting. Yeah, it was Kamikaze, yeah, 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 but yeah. they weren't. It's kind of like Nintendo when they put up the Switch. It's like what the Wii U should have been. Exactly. That album was the Wii U. It, it, yeah, exactly. Except the Wii U actually sucked. That's that's <laughs> yeah. the problem. The Wii U was truly garbage. This was, I would say, it was like, how do I put it? We can all agree that Marshall Matters is a great rapper, that Eminem is a great rapper, mm. and that Slim Shady is a great rapper. And we know... Slim Shady's the best. Yeah, we know to expect complete chaos and madness from Slim Shady. We know to expect, like, woke and motivational and political from Eminem. And we know to expect self-reflective, honest, and truth from Marshall Mathers. It's like we heard Revival mm. and we're like, oh, man, that's an Eminem album. And then we jumped in and it was just Marshall Mathers talking about his darkest moments. And you're like, oh, fuck. It's One of my friends is convinced that some shit is a demon. He's a like, demon. That's not, like, that's a total different, like, personality of his. What the slim? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think he's an actual different personality. It's an alter ego. He has uh, mm. three main alter, e well, two main alter egos from his own personality, and then like three or four additional egos, which are uh, so it's Marshall Matters, the real man, Eminem, the rapper, Slim Shady, the like psychopath killer, and then he has Ken yeah. Kenneth, the gay guy, and he has like a <laughs> Ken slim, yeah, Ken, <laughs> it's Ken Kenneth. <laughs> but he my friend my one friend has this like whole theory about how like eminem made a deal with the devil and that slim shady is a demon that like takes over him no hell no but i can tell you something fascinating yeah, that's, that's his thing eminem has been using holy uh biblical and god and majestic imagery his entire career that would make you think he could predict the future a lot of times. For example, in Revival, he has a song called Believe, where he's asking you to believe in him as a rapper, obviously, but mm. also it sounds like something weird. The In his original album, he has a song called Infinite, which is also what God is supposed to be. He has a song called Rap God. He has a... Mm. 
And what was the other one? The the first album of Revival, the first song on Revival, he has a song where he's talking about being a man and he could only walk on water when it's frozen, basically. But he's it's it's uh, a very Jesus-like comparison that's going on. And if you look through all his albums, his song titles have uh, either angel references or God references. And his lyrics have angel references and God references predicting the future and things like that. It's wow. very, very... There's one of his songs, too, where he just says the Spirit of God lives in all of us type of thing. Yes. Like, I, I forget which it's one of his older tracks. Yeah, yeah, he has this in everything. So, so uh, I got a question. Do you have any uh, sort of uh, side hobbies or anything you do other than the podcast, or is that, like, your your life Ooh. focus? That's that's kind of, like, what side hobby for me is. I also do, I also do video games and TV, but usually the TV I watch, like, I bring to the show. Like, the shows that I do watch, I will review in the first half hour of every show. So that's, you know, that's basically work for the show right there. But, uh, yeah, no. I work and I do the show. It's basically like two full like two full time jobs. One of which you choose, which I highly respect, because it's a lot of people just kind of go home and become potatoes infinitely. Yeah, well, that's what it was. I remember years ago, uh, my barber, I, I went to him and he's like, "What are you doing? You know, with your life?" And I was telling him, "Yeah, I play video games." And he's like, "Yeah, but at the end of the day, you got nothing to show." He's like, "You need to do something that you can show. You need you need to do some work that you can show." He's like, "Because you're creative." So I started. You know, getting the show thing going, and and I just kept going with that, kept going with that, and I think I went through like a really like bad breakup with like my girlfriend at the time, at the toward the very beginning of the show. So, I, and at that point, I was like, I'm putting everything in the show. So it's it really is that the show is your baby for sure, dude. That's like your your end yeah. all be all creation right there. Especially too with like uh, certain guests, like that one we just had on Mary Prankster. I used to love her music like back in the late '90s, early 2000s, and like just getting guests that I never would have a chance to talk to outside, like in a regular, you know, even if I did, even if I did, even if I saw them at an airport and said hi to them, I maybe would get a selfie, but I wouldn't be able to talk to them for like a half an hour and pick their brains. So it's like it's it's an amazing opportunity. Okay, here's an interesting question. With the ability to pick somebody's mind, why is your go-to their work? Why is your fascination what they do rather than the gears turning inside their head? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just want to, you know, just hear cool stories about some shit they did. I don't know. I also want to... uh to talk about their work type of thing. But the more I get a guest to come back, I will talk to them more about other other stuff. Okay, so I, I would say the, the first stages of that is mainly to get them comfortable and have them sort of do the pitch part of it. And if they return, then they're already coming back as a friend of the show, and then you can kind of dive a little deeper. And then, yeah, and then at that point, it becomes a conversation. It just becomes a conversation at that point. But yeah, the first, I figure too, like as far as, you know, asking about the work and all, I do want them to know that I'm interested in their work and uh, wow, shit, I totally forgot the other part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want them to know, you know, I did, I did look into their work. I don't want to insult them by not knowing, you know, shit they did. Yeah. 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 That's, that's definitely, uh, I uh, see, this is what I mean. It, you might never say that on the show, but that's truly who you are in the background. You want to, you want people to feel considered. You want people to feel good. You, when, when you're making your yeah. pranks, you're not trying to insult anybody. You're just trying to, you know, get a laugh. Nobody's at harm. In fact, everybody usually with your, like your prank calls or something, they're totally at liberty to just hang up and you don't like keep trolling them or anything. It's sort of all, all real yeah, no. lighthearted 
uh, satirical and extremist humor. Yes. And also, like, uh, as we're going back, going back to just like we were talking about with, you know, my interviews, I, uh, I also pick the 25 minute. Uh, you know, because I feel you're gonna get the best out of somebody in 25 minutes. Maybe an hour, you know, people might might not be as good, or there might be some silence or whatever there. But in 25 minutes, you're basically giving all you got. Here's yes, I I agree with that for a couple of reasons. The five minute to ten minute window span that exists on like regular talk shows is enough for somebody to build a fake little persona that they keep for a little while. After that barrier is crossed, you sort of, they, they can only sustain that for so long, you know, before it kind of fades away and then you're talking to a person. That's actually the entire premise for this show as well, which is just kind of have somebody and continue to pick their brain and continue because no matter what, it doesn't matter what episode you find with a guest, if they're sitting there and we are talking to them, eventually it runs out, even if their goal was to have small talk, eventually that fades because they've got no more. We ran it all out. You got nothing left. Now you you have to get deep. Yes. You have to show me what the inside of your head looks like by obligation. And I love that mm. so much. I, li- I love diving into somebody's mind and finding out what is sort of the ticking things in there. That's so important to me that people sort of because a lot of people don't even ask these questions to themselves in their own private time there's just things people completely yes. ignore in their minds and it whether or not you've thought of it i want to know i feel too like you have to you have to hate yourself a lot of times you have to be just completely depressed like there's so many shows like i feel like at the end of a show like i'm in tears in my driveway i'm like that fucking show sucked that was shit that was garbage and people are like what are you talking about that's like the best show that was the best show you just had Brilliant. but in my mind like one stupid thing went wrong or i was a dick to somebody and i don't know i don't know and i just hate i hate the show like it's really weird it's really weird dude dude oh my god you are not alone on that boat we have <laughs> the same exact fucking problem on our end where it's like uh, specifically with me and christina we have very uh different energy levels so depending on how we come into the show and how we come out we'll perceive the show very differently. If it's yes. a, a quieter show where we talk less, I'm so high energy. It could be the best episode we've ever had, and I'll leave thinking that show fucking sucked. I hate it. Yes. And the same thing will happen in Christina's favor, where if it's like a real high energy show, she'll feel like that because she'll feel drained and be like, fuck, that oh. show fucking sucked. And then, <laughs> so we've developed the system of we don't judge it until it's been fully edited and then we get to hear it and then find out whether it really like from a from a listener's perspective find out whether it was good or not yes yes that's that's totally it and uh oh shit what was the other thing i was gonna say on that like along those lines like my show is like that it's four hours of just non-stop it's like fucking you know no breaks and so sometimes afterwards i get this weird like depression that sets in where i'm just like just totally like I just ran myself. I just ran like a marathon, and now it's just like over, and it's it's weird. It's like coming down from a, a trip or something. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's like I don't even know how to put it. Here, here's here's what I'll say about that. This is what you're talking about right there, and and this tells me you're a bit of an introvert. Even if your character comes off as a as a hyper extrovert, I'm assuming you like alone time a lot, right? 
Yes, yes. I don't even want to be talked to. I don't want to be bothered. I want to be in my room. I just want to be. Yes, yep. I figured that much because that's an energy thing. Basically, you you keep up this character this whole time, and by the end of the show, you're drained from the interaction and from talking and from kind of for it's a, it's a mental exercise for you to be that external consistently. Meanwhile, yes. in that same situation, when at the end of a show, if it's me and a guest. I've never left like, fuck, that sucks. I've always left with a high dose because, again, just talking energizes me. Socializing energizes me. Abstract concepts energize me, which is why I pick people's brains and I take the show philosophically. And we have conversations like this, just talking. We're talking about talking. That's how we just collapse into ourselves. We're just talking about the the the, the act of having conversation. That, how, what the fuck is that? And that kind of thing. I love that. But when it's me and Christina, we have very different levels, you know. So mm. that same thing. We 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 keep that back again. I understand I'm a lot of energy, so it's necessary that we have that kind of contrast. Because if it was just me, people could not stand the show. It would be too much back to back to back, just explosions of energy. People would tune out just because <laughs> listening would get exhausting. Yeah, well, that's what I feel like. Every every relationship needs. A top and a bottom, like Slim is just a, a straight man, and I'm like comedy. Like every every relationship needs a strong personality, and not not a weak, but a different personality. You know, it's like the yin and yang. Yes, uh, the polarity keeps the balance. Yup, and that's definitely very very important. I I completely understand the whole feeling drain thing, man. It's crazy that you even mentioned that, dude. I thought that was just some shit happening on our end, but no, mm. it's it's fucking fascinating. I, even, I used to hear because uh, I have no surprise. I'm a big fan of Opie and Anthony back in the day and old school Howard Stern, and I uh, used to listen to Bill Burr when he would go in uh, Opie and Anthony, and him saying sometimes he would leave their show just feeling horrible about himself, just wanting to to drive into oncoming traffic because some of the shit he would say or whatever, you know, it's, it's, that's just, I think, something that people go through. Yeah, fair enough. I also think it has to do with the fact that, uh, for example, you and Christina both are much more considerative people than I am. I don't care if you're offended. I feel that's more about how you're thinking about it. You're taking it, yeah. Exactly. And so I, I don't take offense to that. I feel like that's just work the person has to do on themselves. And I hope they understand that about me coming in, which is why, again, I only work with people whose work I already like and who I think could handle having a conversation with me. Because I will start kind of slowly picking at their heads and having discussions more in depth about their perspectives on things and what they think about seemingly anything. And it can go different places. And I, I need people to be able to handle it. Mm. Yeah, I love. I don't know. I, I don't remember exactly when we first connected, but I just loved. All, I've loved every every conversation we've had. I love how much you enjoy my show. Like that. That means the world to me. Well, you have the chaos that I definitely enjoy. I consider myself a bit of a troll, and your show is a bit of a home for that. Oh, I've had so many people, just like my friends, when I tell them that stuff, and they're like, "You're the biggest troll." <laughs> for sure, <laughs> I dude. A lot. It is definite, and again, it's always in good fun. You're you're the proper kind of troll, where it's just like for for comedy's mm. sake. Like, yeah, uh, you're again. The news section is sort of one of the best and worst things because it could easily be misunderstood by anybody who doesn't get it. Oh, 
and I've had I've had where we've uploaded just some news show uh, segments to our YouTube, and I've gotten death threats. I've gotten I've gotten by ex guests. I've gotten lawsuit threats. I've gotten you know all sorts of threats all over the place. I've had I've had all sorts of Twitter Twitter wars with like Scott Bayo and all his like followers and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I am no spring chicken to a to an argument. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a risky one, but I that's sort of what I respect about it. There's no. No holding back when it comes to the things you do. You are an artist through and through. You're going to do the thing. You're going to put the thing out there. If people like it, great. If they don't, well, fuck them. Mm. And you're doing it no matter what. And if it if the ship sinks, you're standing on top of it, you know? Yes, I'm the captain. Yep, I'm going down with that goddamn ship. Yeah, that's that. I admire the shit out of that. Sometimes it's about finding how finding out how fast a car could drive. If the car fucking loses control, flips over 800 million times, you know what? At least you... F- You've got to see what it looks like going that fast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you make adjustments. Exactly. Exactly. The the resilience it takes for that, though, it's something most people can't handle. Some people uh, encounter mm. a couple of bumps and that's it. We got to quit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what I think. I think most people like they, well, most people that think they can do it. Or think they're interesting or think they can handle, you know, talking for an hour or more. Like, yeah, no, they, they realize they can't and they just they quit after, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start slowly collapsing and their mind starts slowly drifting off. Uh, that actually happened here. We, we began this show with three people at the very, very beginning, but it, it didn't hold up. One of us couldn't do it. And so it, it, we mm-hmm. we modified the show accordingly and just kept moving forward and actually take a took a completely different shape based on those left hosting, which is me and Christina. Uh, the background people can kiss ass because they don't really matter outside of doing background shit. But um, the the, the <laughs> me and Christina I don't have no background people. I need background people. Yeah, but it, it's it's definitely uh, important to always get yourself up and keep moving forward. Mm. And a lot of people exactly. don't have that in them. A lot of people do right. have to collapse and quit. And they're like, this wasn't for me. And it's like, it's for you if you work at it. Yeah. Everything you could, you could be, anything could be for you. If you work at it, if you want it. I remember when I was trained back in the day, when I worked in radio, they taught me like, first of all, if you're out somewhere, don't approach people, don't get in people's faces, let them come to you. And the second thing was piss people off. You know, fuck with other stations. If another radio station is at the same gig, throw your bumper sticker on their van. Do whatever you can to piss those people off and, you know, get people talking about to get people talking about you. And that's still good. Good publicity. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, Anything that here's the thing. It's not even about getting them pissed. It's about getting them talking and making you memorable. Yes. Yes, I remember too going going along with that that we were at um I don't know there was a Ozzy Osbourne like book signing at some some bookstore around us and so my my station wanted me to go so I went I, I went with a whole bunch of t-shirts a whole bunch of shit bumper stickers etc from our station and me and my buddy Derek showed up there and K Rock and MTV were there and we pulled our van up and they like they walked right up to us and they're like you guys can't be there and we're like why not my boss wants me to be here. And they're like, well, this is exclusive for MTV and K-Rock. So I was like, okay. We parked our van like two lots away. We walked back and we started, they had a whole crowd, whole crowd of people. And they were charging for interview, uh, for autographs from Ozzy. So we got the whole crowd to chant like K-Rock sucks because they put the thing on. 
And then we found they had a pickup truck. And I walked up to it. I slapped one of our stickers on it. And I look around. Nobody's looking. Nobody's around. So I call my buddy Derek. I'm like, come over here, dude. Nobody's around this this uh, pickup truck. So we plastered it. We plastered the headlights. We plastered the windshield. We plastered the entire thing. You they had to have a tire back to New York City from like mid, you know, middle Jersey, like Belmar area. And the next morning, the president of their station called ours demanding that me and Derek be fired. That's fucking epic, bro. Yeah. I think we got in a magazine, too. I think there was like a, I don't know, uh, like an insider radio magazine like that talked about it. And then we get called in, and I'm like, I don't know, dude. I'm like, the whole crowd was mad. The whole crowd was mad they were charging for autographs, and we just handed our stuff out. So it totally got pinned on, like, the angry mob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes. You at the end of the day, you're still making your content because you want to make the content while they're doing it for a paycheck. And something yeah. comes across more genuine about that when you're doing it than when they're doing it, regardless of the scale that I'm it's being done at. Almost scared. That's why I'm almost scared to like make money. Like I, I, I don't make anything really off the podcast, but. If there ever is a point, I don't want to get lazy. I don't want to be that dude. You think you could get lazy? Mm. I don't know. I don't, I personally don't think I could, but I'm like, I don't know. If I'm ever that guy making like a shitload of money, am I going to suck? Am I going to, I don't know, sell out or whatever? I think, I think you're the kind of guy who, with that kind of money, you get a whole bunch. Let's say you, you your podcast starts moving and stage one is... You start going through like a NPR type of amount of money, like long before you get to like a Rogan kind of money, NPR kind of money. I think you stay wasting every penny that comes in relative to that and reinvest it back into that. I think that's you. I think you would buy the highest quality mics, the most powerful signal boosters. You would have the best mixers, best software, and like never see a profit. And as soon as you hit that, rogan kind of money i am super positive that you would just streamline getting guests so that that could keep going you would uh maybe turn it into its own standalone station where you can host other shit and micromanage even more shit i think mm. you would just dive in harder that's 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 yeah that would that would probably be what it would be that's amazing yeah man you seem like the guy who couldn't stop it's sort of your yeah. drug <sighs> yeah absolutely absolutely and what do you think drives you to do that though what do why are you pushed to make why is this form of art not not the form of art specifically but why is art sort of what what drives you and so many people are like i want a fucking family and i'm gonna just roll over and die after i accomplish that one you're like you got that's the family. Just that's just... boring to me. Yeah, no, I don't know. That that doesn't keep my interest. Like, I am a father. I love my kids. But, yeah, I don't, I just don't see that nine to five, come home, just sit on the couch and watch some stupid TV show. But why do you think that you keep moving forward? Why? It's, it's, mm. you're infinitely chasing something. What do you think you're chasing? I, I think just to be known, just to be known, just for people to, you know, know my voice or recognize me. I don't even think so. I don't even I think it's no. not even that because it's it's if it was that you would definitely be bigger like on social media trying to sort of get that it is about them looking at your art. It's not about them looking at mm. you. You're 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 
throwing all the attention at the show without ever standing in front and being like, hey, I made it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never even thought of that. Never even really thought of that. Yeah, because you definitely have a fascination with people looking at what you make and liking that. It doesn't seem like, yes, in the real world, you you care whether people uh, see you as a good guy or a bad guy, but not because you give a fuck what they think, but because, you know, you don't want to be insulting. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You don't want to seem antagonistic, but you do throw everybody's attention towards the show, not yourself. It's like, I do like it too. I like with and Slim because if if I do something fucked up, Slim's also you know responsible for it. So I do like that kind of like curtain, the man behind the curtain. You know, I don't I don't know who did that. That could have been Slim. Slim could have tweeted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so you get my point, right? There's definitely like this mm. division between your personality and the sh- even if you see it as you, which is sort of what every artist does. Ultimately, think of the painter. He paints a fucking monster, and it's like, what the hell did you paint? That's not reality. And he's like, but this is what I see in the world. And it's like he's he sees him being that monster or seeing that monster, and that's that monster is directly connected to who he is and how he sees the world. Or even if he's painting his insides, this is what I look like inside, or whatever the case might be. He's trying to get you to look at the painting and not him. You have a painting called a podcast, and you aim people at the podcast, and you're not standing in front of the podcast telling anybody, hey, look at me, I am the creator of this thing. But you sort of, regardless of how disrespectful, or how off the wall, or how uh, ridiculous some of the things might be, you're trying to get the attention on that. And there's something driving you in the direction of making the thing and wanting people to look at the thing. And it, I don't even, even think it's about them liking the thing. I think you want them to look at the thing, and I think you're trying to express something. I also, I also like, like uh, along those lines, I want people to, to laugh. I want people to be a little uncomfortable and to realize it's okay to not always be comfortable and to be able to laugh at something horrible. To, to you know to, to I see the get world it. that way I, you want I, to I also, break down comfort them, zones like, an escape what's that dude you want to break down comfort zones yeah so i want to break that down and i also want to give people an escape from just their regular shit life their regular shit job or whatever horrible thing in their life i want to give them a few hours where they don't have to think about that see that's fascinating that that i think is the core of it because all this absurdist mm. nonsense truly then connects back to you who and who is you you're you're a guy who cares about your friends and family and you care that people have a good time and you don't want to be offensive and you're you're a very thought out person you consider the people around you and that's what you made you made a thing so that people can sort of forget that there's rude people in the world and forget that there's bullshit happening in their life and kind of feel a little better and feel a little uh, less insulted than what happened at work and uh, you know, you sort of, it is you, it's just so obscured version of you that's ultimately yeah. producing the same feeling. You still want people to be happy and to have enjoyment. You're just approaching it through this sort of obstruction of how you see the world. There's a there's a clusterfuck of ideas going into it that sort of breed this monster that you can call your Frankenstein. Yes, yes. I've even had um like female guests uh that check the show out and they're like i'm a little worried what is this too many rapes thing and once i explain it to them they're usually 100 percent fine with it what gave you the idea for too many rapes is such a hot topic oh what what spurred that yeah 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 where where did that ball get rolling and why 
Oh my God. Years ago, there was this guest he had on and he was a reformed junkie and he wrote a book and he was, he had all of his shit together. And then about a year later, he messaged me, private messaged me. He's like, dude, I started using again and I'm going back to jail, like thinking it was cool. So he's like, you got to have me on. And I was like, okay, I'll have you on. And he came on and everybody, I had two other people live, one or two other people live, me and Slim, and everybody just started ripping on him. And, uh, the question what we I think somebody asked him was, uh, are you going back to jail just to get raped? And he got so offended by that. And uh, one of the comedians on my show at the time said, I'm going to get arrested and go to jail just so I can rape you. And then that became like an ongoing joke for the rest of the interview. The guy hated us. And so after that, um, oh, what happened? I think we did a news story and we went into this like I went into this like spiral about how like I think if Slambo went to jail, he he would just orchestrate rapes. It would just be too many rapes. And like the, a week later, I wrote, you know, the first Too Many Rapes episode. It's about a guy who was, you know, shooting up and driving and got in an accident and he raped all the first responders and he gets sent to jail. So that's just how it started. And the main character of it, character of it is a play on the other guy's name. And that character's not even in it anymore. That was one of Slim's characters. And he uh, he went to prison a few, I think when we were in the 40s when we were time traveling. And he uh, he turned himself in, but yeah, that character was the main, okay. the main character at the beginning, and now it's just totally different. Now it's like outer space, time travel. How <laughs> it's like? How totally did this different. happen? How did you guys get to the first time travel? Does it connect to the original, or was oh. is it just a whole different set of events? It's it all connects. Originally, you know, it was uh, it, it was just a prison, and then the one character that I voiced, Frankie Tubestakes, he uh, he got out, he got out, and he became the mayor of the town, and then uh. And then at some point, he developed the rape bots, like a, an army of rape bots. But Slambo's character, Doc Rapenstein, also had his own army, and they had a big rape bot war. And in the rape bot war, it destroyed the planet. But Frankie had a spaceship, so everyone got beamed up to the spaceship right before the Earth blew up. So then they were going to time travel back to save the Earth, but the spaceship runs off trilithium crystals, and the Driz crushed them all up and snorted them because he's just a junkie. So what the fuck? Then we had, then we spent a whole a whole season going planet to planet, stealing crystals from planets and just destroying them. So we had enough to time travel. But then when we went to time travel, uh, all the all the equipment was fucked up. The uh, I don't know all the, the the time circuits and all that, uh, the particle accelerator and everything was all fucked up. So we got stuck jumping from like different times. So right now. We're just jumping from year to year, trying to get parts to fix that, and finally go back and save the Earth. Wow. Okay. Do you <laughs> know where the story yeah. is headed, or every week you just sit down and brainstorm the next set of steps? Oh, every week it's just fresh. Every week it's just like, what year are we going to? You know, what what people are we going to run into? I think last week was JFK and Lee Harvey. The week before was Elvis. Uh, we've done a whole bunch of different time time eras. And so here's something weird but this is basically your baby within your baby yeah it's a pregnant baby it's like a yeah it's like a baby that comes out and already has a baby in it yeah 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 my prediction is if you push this far enough it's eventually going to branch off and be its own podcast <laughs> I've, I've thought about at least when it's over like having slim just make one episode that's all of them all together i think that would be way too long yeah, I think so. I think it's about 100 episodes on its own just on YouTube on the playlist. Oh, right, because he already chops those out. 
see here how does yeah, how yeah. does slim have the time to do this for every episode and not just for that but for different sections in general of the show to chop them out on top of editing and mastering all the audio and doing all that stuff he doesn't edit much unless there's something during the show that i tell him i'm like this needs to be fixed like something we could tell is a problem but on the most part on audio he doesn't edit and um when we do the video live we have the break screen so he knows just from this chunk to this chunk, it's this section. So like he's good with that. And I don't know how he does the other stuff because the beginning is all like, you know, parts of different half hours. So I think he just just knows where it is and just goes in. He is a genius with that shit. He just memorize all that shit pretty much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think I think the season of our show is going to be the final season of Too Many Rapes because I have an end. I have an absolute end in, you know, in mind. And after that, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything outside of it. Do he? Oh, man, that's crazy. So you actually are, even if it's fresh every week, you do have a sort of ending point you're, you're visualizing. Yeah, yep, I've always had that. So, And like I said, that's, that's probably coming the end of this season of our show. Then with that story already done, why don't you like... I don't know, grab all the pieces, stare at each one individually, turn them each into a whole podcast size episode that's kind of digging deeper into all the events. Not even like a like an hour long podcast, make it like half an hour each and sort of ah. put that out as its own show. But as, you know, a, a Robin Slim production. Yeah, that would be an awesome idea. I just feel like we've already like we've already maxed what we do with what we do. Like I don't know if we could handle anymore. What? I feel like you're the guy who just keeps stacking things on for the fuck's sake of doing it. <laughs> I do. And then it comes to a point where like this is exhausting. We used to do, I think, six interviews every show. We used to do six half hour interviews and like cuz when we first started I forget how many we did, like two. And I'm like, this isn't enough. Like, let's do four. And like, that wasn't enough. So let's do six. And then I think it was like last season. I'm like, let's drop it down. Let's drop two. Because it was. It also gets hard to book all them. Because that's another process. Just booking all the interviews. Like, it's a lot of work. So uh, I'm like, let's cut two off. And we did. And we've loved it ever since. So, so you basically rekindled your love for the show. Yeah, yeah, because I was totally, totally burnt. And also by the end of every season, too. Like, I think every time, like, spring, because we go on break uh, sometime in June. And every year by the time, like, April hits, it's like, when is the break? I can't wait for the break. I'm totally burnt out. Man, see, I, I remember actually having a conversation with you about this. What I suggested was, actually, if you chop off one more interview, right? And then you mm. take that time, that extra 25 minutes... And you just record a little more every single episode, then have Slim stitch two or three together to have uh, a whole hour and a half throughout your whole break. You can have an already pre-scheduled yeah. set of releases that you don't have to record more for because it's the same amount of time in your episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That and then you have true. a, a year round kind of thing going on because that break is definitely like a you take a break but it's not good for the audience to take a break you get my point no yeah oh i know that i know that so you definitely that that's a great solution for that i i completely refuse mm. to take a break i work everybody here like they're gonna die and they better all eat it <laughs> he used to do like i think one one summer he did where he put together like best of shows that's but, another solution hell yeah yeah but he's not he's not 
reliable with that, so <laughs> we haven't done that for a while. <laughs> yeah, he could be he could be rough. Hey, it, it is what it is. Everybody has kind of their own drives, you know. He also wants that break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he just does nothing but watch like Aladdin. I don't even know how anybody watched that movie. Like I under like fair enough. Like kids are gonna watch that and think it's the greatest thing they've ever seen. But for the rest of us who got to know Aladdin before this thing happened, like, that's... Mm. It's like, dude, what the fuck is this? Look at this motherfucker. What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, Was he yeah, blue in the know. movie? I don't know what he's into. He's he's an odd br- a bird. Man, that's some crazy... But yeah, Slim is a weird guy. Did the whole yeah, really everything is. in general that happens on your show is quite strange. <laughs> I think one summer he just like read comic books the entire summer. He just locked himself in his room and read comic books. What the fuck <laughs> is it? So wait, uh, yeah. Then now, now going back to that, you mentioned comic books. So what type of video games do you like to play? Ooh, uh, just a lot of everything. I I really love like my favorites are like uh, role playing games, like Final Fantasy and all. I also love the uh, Telltale, the Telltale games. I just recently uh, started playing the Game of Thrones one. It's pretty good. Did you, uh, you played, uh, Detroit Become Human? Which one? Detroit Become Human. No. No, with the robots? The, the, the androids and shit? No. Wow, dude, highly recommended. What? Let's see if I can pull cool. up an image right here. Let's see. What was it on? It's uh, everything, I'm assuming. Because I'm also, like, broke and I don't have a PS4 yet. So what I'm waiting it out, I might just buy the 5 when it comes out. It might be an Xbox. Have too. you ever played a game called Nier? N-I-E-R. Yes. I played the demo when it first came out, and I've been wanting to play that game ever since, but I just keep getting sideswiped by other games. Okay, yeah, that one, the original one, there's two of them. There's one that came out for the PS4, but one that came out, like, PS3, that that one is my favorite. Oh, because I know Nier Automatica or Automata or some crap like that. That one is the one for PS4, yeah. Yeah, no. That's, yeah, that's the more recent one. This one is just called Nier. This one is, is the original. Same so concept, so kind good. of apocalyptic world or whatnot? Yes, yeah. Robots and all that shit? Um, I think it's more like uh, like automatons and like golems and stuff. Interesting. So, so, hmm, so is, I wonder if this other like, one is a sequel like way in the future to it or if it's set in sort of the same idea. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's what it is because my one friend Michael played it and he said he thinks it's like farther way farther in the future this is like after like uh some sort of uh like the world is destroyed like an apocalypse and um it's almost like the world has reverted to almost like uh medieval times yeah man see i love games like that if 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 you're interested in that i highly recommend you play horizon zero dawn that game is amazing that is yeah top but that is a playstation exclusive man how the fuck do you not have a playstation you know what happened? Um, everything, like, every year that I was going to get one, at, like, tax time, something came up. Like, I needed dental work or something. And then the one year that I was, like, that I had some extra money, my sons were, like, they still had a Wii. And I, I, I always felt, like, you know, guilty. Like, I'm like, let me get them the Switch. So I got them the Switch, and they loved the Switch. But um, so I, I just put my own on hold. So this year, as long as nothing happens, uh, when tax time comes, I'll probably grab, grab a PS4. Man, this is that time you're going to need a fresh kidney and somebody's going to be like, but I can give you one for $400. And you're going to be like, damn, I need that kidney though. <laughs> I think it was like last year, dude. I needed like 
I, it was like, a, I guess, a previous um, root canal I had. And I don't know if they didn't, like, remove um, the infection enough or, like, it just, like, a new one started. I had to have, like, oral surgery. And I had to have, like, my whole gums cut open and, like, this whole shit drilled out. It was it was horrible, horrible. And it cost me, like, twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300. It was, like, a total waste, total waste. What the fuck? And uh, yeah. that sucks. You is it, Could you talk, like, immediately afterwards? Or you had to, like, be have your mouth closed or something for a couple of days or what? <laughs> I did a fucking show right afterwards, and my whole face was, like, swollen up. Like, I could talk, but my whole face looked like a golf ball, like, coming out of my coming out of my mouth. Like, it was bad. Was you the talking was uh, clear? Could like, you... It looked like uh, a monster. Could you be heard clearly when you were talking? Mm. Yeah, that was fine. That was fine. But I also bled a lot. Like, I think I had to, like, keep gauze in there. Like, it was just nonstop. Word. You ever go to college? Uh, I did, and I got a 0.0. I would just party too much. I went for theater and it wasn't the same training because I had a like a I had a theater in a class in uh, high school and I loved it. It was a lot of improv. It was a lot of fun. My teacher was like, uh, I think she worked at NBC. So she was really cool and really progressive. And then I went to like college for acting and it was just so boring to me. It was so boring and stuffy. And I just didn't go to class. I'm like, fuck this. This is so lame to me. And it just it didn't hold, you know, my um attention and all that so i just didn't go to class i just partied and failed out the fuck why didn't you switch classes i don't know i don't know i was just young and dumb bro tell me about it one of the worst things i find that people do is force basically kids to make giant life choices before they know shit about themselves and force them to go to like college and convince them that it's like the end all be all and so you got to make this choice as soon as you get out of high school you better know what the fuck you want that was part of it too like you had to go like you weren't like doing anything with your life unless you were going to college so i definitely should have waited yeah definitely should have waited and then like 95 percent of those people can't get jobs now because the people who went to work immediately after they got out of high school got all the hands-on experience and took all the jobs when it was time to get jobs yep and then on top of it you got all the debt yep yep debt and no job that you can get because you didn't have time to build the experience because everybody who was like fuck college immediately got the experience and built no debt yeah yeah so I think, I think in the long run, maybe it was better that I didn't go, but I don't know. I feel like I should have went for like communications or something. Like if I went for that, I probably would have been into it. Man, isn't that some shit though? But it's like, it, you can't even be blamed for it because it's some stupid fucking primal bullshit that's been like passed on yeah. for like 200 years since the conception of like a yeah. fucking college or some bullshit. And people don't even understand. Yeah. It's just like, you got to go where you're like inferior or some shit. And it's like, <laughs> dude, I'm like, a kid what are you talking about i gotta make like the biggest choice of my life my entire financial future relying on it my entire (laughs) employment future relying on it and i still have no idea who i am (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) and the the crazy thing too like my friends that did go to college uh some of them went got out you know they graduated they went back to the same catering job they had in high school and then when the guy that owned it you know, was retiring, they just bought the company. So did you have to go to four years of college? You could have just kept doing, you know, catering and bought the company. Yeah, 100%. It was just a fucking waste of money. I actually know a bunch of people who've gone through the same thing. They go to college for the thing they think they want to do. They never get that job. They end up doing whatever they were already into when they were in high school, and that just ends up being their whole life. So it's like, great, wasted my time Uh, in college. 
I also had a friend who I think it was like his last year and he was going for whatever justice or whatever, you know, to be a judge and cop and all that is. Um, and I think it was the last year and he's just like, he just dropped out and he's like, I can't send people to jail for doing drugs because I do drugs. And I'm like, dude, that's just crazy. That's crazy. You just wasted three and a half years of your life and all that money. And yeah, now you're just, you're working at, you know, the, you're working at a catering place too. It's crazy. Do you just know like an army of caterers? Yes. Yes. Well, like in my hometown, it was like two square miles. So there was like five jobs, you know, you could do in high school. And like a bunch of my friends worked for like the same catering company. Whoa. So they're just all, so all your friends are each other's friends. Master caterers. Yeah. Wow. Now, see, this is, this is <laughs> fucked up though, because college is this kind of <laughs> fucked up mess where everybody is tricked into the thing, but it's it's not right. It has to do a lot with this country that doesn't understand itself. There's a bunch of different systems that work in different countries, and we need to sort of get over this bullshit. I guess sort of start looking outside, and and sort of make maybe try some different ideas out. But we're still functioning off of mm-hmm. one. the The Western education in general is still kind of lagging behind by quite some time. We're talking hundreds of yes. years old, and then two. The the college system doesn't do anything to improve that. The fact that it is not free and it is another business where people are just there to make money, that's a fucking issue. That and healthcare, because if it's about making money, people yes. are going to stop caring about the product they're giving and just try to optimize the money part. Yeah, that's it. That's totally it. That's a huge problem, dude. I feel like people need to sort of take out the money from those equations and just like the people who want to do this will do it and will compensate them afterwards, but they don't get to choose how much they make or any of that shit. It's just Mm. free in general so that we know you're here to teach them. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. If it's about money, you're going to go somewhere. You're going to get paid crazy good. Yeah. Uh And that's tragic. I just don't, don't know how the whole system hasn't collapsed on itself at this point. Tell me that's something fucking like astounding, right? How, dude? Yes. How? Yes. I have no idea. I have no idea. Dude, like year after year, everything, this is so fucking crazy because every year feels like it's the end of the world and it never fucking ends. (laughs) It never happens. So yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Dude, but it goes so, like before we were born, think of how this country works in general. Our parents thought bombs were going to drop any fucking day they thought war was on Dude, the edge went to school we had air raid we when i went to the sound was i was in elementary school we had air raid drills bro that's fucking nuts right the end of the world it's coming any day now we gotta yeah. be ready bunkers fucking yes. bomb, bomb shelters, shelters everywhere Just in case, you know, the bombs are coming any fucking day now, dude. Mass shootings everywhere right now. They're every, every, everybody's getting killed. And the cops are freaking out and killing everybody. And fucking, like, 20-year-old virgins scared that they're going to become bitches or that their masculinity is going to be destroyed or whatever the fuck are going and destroying and shooting everybody they come across. And, like, fucking societal meltdown where all the women are feminists screaming at the guys, we don't need your penises, but we're somehow going to have children. And all the men raping all the women and fucking all the little kids. And it's like, how has it not (laughs) collapsed yet? Yeah, I don't know. How are we not just, like, total anarchy? Yeah. Killing each other on the streets. I have no idea. No idea. We're somewhere in the middle of complete 
and total chaos and magnificently beautiful order because somehow <laughs> both of those shits exist together and I don't fucking know how. It's so counterintuitive. It's a beautiful disaster. It totally is. It's like people want to talk shit about this country and yes, there's a lot of points to talk shit about it, but bro, everything is a disaster and it still hasn't fallen apart. That's at least yes. something to look at. Yeah, and it's still one of the best places to live. Uh, yeah, yeah, it beats the hell out of being fucking stoned to death in some parts of the earth. Like, that's some shit that still yeah. happens. Or, like, being in Israel and just taking a bus and just blowing up. Yeah, man. On the daily. That's some crazy-ass shit. Bro, even if you yeah. go to, like, some Dude, place... they've been going through that since, like, the 90s or the 80s. They've been going through that forever. Bro, they've probably been going through that since vehicles. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how those people... Like, I, I yeah, like the way we feel, I don't know how those people feel. Like, just going through an everyday situation. But here's the thing. Here's what I'll say about that. They feel the same way we do. And it's because of this. Yeah. We are used to our circumstances the same way they are used to theirs. True, true. Yeah, so bad for us is just bad for them. A, a particularly bad day for us is like, oh my god, my power got cut, I'm broke. For them, it's like, oh, my <laughs> child got blown up. Fuck. My, yeah, my Wi-Fi's out. This is white people problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the, sadly, sadly, our problems are by comparison pathetic, but we feel just as bad mm. going through them. Like, yes. like they might yes. have a day without food, and we might have a day without Wi-Fi. And like it, we it's comparable. It's we same. feel the world is collapsing <laughs> equally around us. Mm. Some fucking first world order type of problem. <clears throat> yeah. Yup. That's some sad. But it is what it is. Like, what the fuck can we do? If there wasn't a hell to look at, we wouldn't know how good we have it. Ah, I like that. Yeah, that's that's essentially what a lot of parts of the country are too. That's why there are even bad yes. hoods. Because if you if there's there's a place you don't want to live, you want to serve your country and make just enough to not be there, which makes you more complacent within the system. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Isn't that some weird built-in feature that we live in? Like we we're just like we yeah. have to deal with it because if it's like I don't want to go live where people are just like ro people are robbing each other every day and like uh, I never know when somebody's just gonna fucking kill me for some random shit. So you know I'm gonna agree to stand within the lines or at least close enough to the lines to sort of get a paycheck and that paycheck is gonna make sure I don't land there. But it's like you have to be complacent within the system in order to get there. Yeah, it's a tactical. Beautiful, it's man again. It's master. It's masterfully built. It is a genius working machine that feels like it's always on the verge of collapse and never does. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the guy that created it was that good, or if they just they're scrambling, scrambling at all times to keep it going. But I, I don't know. I think it's not even a scramble. I think it looks more like... I also believe there's not a such thing as an evil person. I really, really don't think that's a real thing. I think even the really? people we see as bad people are just people trying to fucking sell some shit. They're trying to make money. Everybody's just <laughs> trying to make money, and eh, if I got more money than you, I can go buy more shit than you. I, I like hoarding shit. And it gives... I'm important uh -huh. if I have money. I, I don't want to be not important. I need to be super important. Nobody's like... I'm a cause harm. That's never the goal. Like, think of no, a, an no. insurance company, right? An insurance company isn't like, we're going to kill a bunch of people. Even if that's a result, they're like, we're going to make a bunch of money. That's what we're they're... just making that money. Yeah, that's what they're no. thinking. That's what they're thinking. They're not thinking we're just going to hurt fucking people. Yeah, fuck people. No, they're thinking yay money. Even if fuck people is the result yeah. of yay money. Same thing happens yeah. with like a, a prison. They're not being over here, 
openly racist and like, yeah, we're gonna shove a bunch of a bunch of fucking niggers in here. Yeah, everybody in the cage. That's not what's happening. They're just like, hey, look, we can get money, and this is an easy way to do it. And hey, if they committed a crime, yeah. and if it was already put on the laws, then we're not doing anything wrong. We're just gonna get paid. <laughs> It's like everything. It's like everything. It's like a marriage. It's like all that stuff. Nobody goes in with bad intentions. Exactly. You know, even if bad things happen, if they do bad things, nobody goes into an endeavor with bad intentions. Exactly. There are bad habits, but there are no bad people. Yeah. Yup. And I think that's what this country runs on. I don't think anybody's trying to do bad. I think everybody's trying to get paid. Yup. Exactly. Exactly. And that sort of uh, keeps a, a weird perpetual balance established at all times it's just looking out for yourself too it's just like you know it's even if you're not openly saying fuck everyone else you are saying it yeah sort of you're just looking out for yourself look at it like this i run a giant business i'm a ceo i got a thousand workers under me great if my business doesn't pay them well enough they all leave and then my business collapses. So I need to pay them just good enough to want to stay or need it because it's harder to get a job. So I'm going to go put this company in an area where people already get paid less. I'm going to pay a little more, but it's still going to be crappy pay because I am going to take yeah. the bigger pay and still make a shit ton of money. So then an order is established because you're a greedy piece of shit who wants to keep – you want to make more money, but you also need a business to make more money. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And they want to make more money. So, yes. and where else are you going to go? Where else are you going to go? You're coming to me. Exactly. And so this weird fucking order is established. And they're like, oh, our boss is a son of a bitch. And that's a motherfucker <laughs> greedy piece of shit. But, like, you're at this job because you're also a greedy piece of shit. Why not live minimalistically, <laughs> asshole? Yeah. Yep. And if you ask that person, if you ask that person why they didn't go somewhere else, it's because I wouldn't make the same money. Exactly. For five years, I'm making more than I'd make there. Yep. That's 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 all people say. That's it. That's the whole motivation. I'm getting paid better here than I would over there. So what's the point? Oh, well, yeah. I want to buy shit I don't need. So you're as greedy as this motherfucker. He was just yep. more clever. <laughs> yep. Everyone's like, yeah, I can't believe my boss treats me like shit. Well, yeah, you're you're also staying there. You're also complacent. Yeah. Eating that plate of shit every day. Yes, exactly. He's paying you to eat that shit, and you're like, hey. Yep. If it, the money is good enough for you, it's good enough for me. Might as well eat that shit. Yeah. Eating that shit, bro. Eat, eat that butthole. That's why we need jokers <laughs> in the world, bro. We need somebody to come gather all the money and set it on fire. <laughs> well, that's it. Who who established? I know that. Uh, but what makes a piece of paper worth anything? Dude. Anything. Especially when they don't even back it up anymore. With Back in the day, it was silver standard or gold standard. Nowadays, nothing is backed up. Nowadays, it's just a piece of paper. So yeah, what the fuck? dude, what we the fuck? had to all agree on it. You know, that's the craziest part about this whole system, right? Like, we could all just agree the dollar's worthless, and it would just be worthless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. But then what would we do? What would we do? We'd barter rocks? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? So, yeah, it's the only thing. It's totally not. I disagree highly. I think it's not the only yeah. thing. We're just so lazy and don't want to do the extra step. Because money is symbolic. That's all it really is. It's yeah. like, yeah. if I do the bread and you have the milk and uh, Slim it's, knows how to like sew. And so you came to me for bread and I didn't need the milk, but Slim needed the milk. That dollar tells Slim that you bought bread from me, so I have that dollar. There was a transaction made, and I can give him the thing, and he can. So we can all have the representation yeah. of a moving effort. When in reality, 
he could just either learn to fucking deal with the milk himself or offer you a service for the milk. You might not need it now, but, and it has to be on trust too. That's the thing. We don't trust each other. So no, how do you trust he's gonna, yeah, how he's going to trust it. You're going to give him or in any case, how are you going to trust it? You just give him the milk and the day you need something, he'll remember and give it back for free. Yeah. And it's too much effort for me to go get the milk myself because I'm doing this shit over here. I don't want to be. I don't want to do that as well. I'm just doing this shit. Yeah. Convenience has fucked us all over. That's the problem. Yeah. Yup. We're like, yeah, what makes some black shit out of the ground worth anything? Some oil. It's just that that one asshole figured out how to get it out of there and he's doing it. He's doing it. And you're not. Yep. That's all it is. And the, the craziest thing is you could definitely be over that same shit. Any of us could. Yep. But yeah. which one of us is going to go ahead and get it? Not me. Not yeah. me. Word. Could be a millionaire overnight. Not even going to try. Yeah, no. I don't know who invents shit either. Like, all these guys inventing shit. Does any of that, I don't know. I don't know anybody in my whole lifetime that's invented anything. All my buddies are just sitting sitting around, drinking beers, getting drunk. How do, yeah, what do you have to do to, like, I don't know, to invent something to be that fucking cool? That's some shit, right? Because you have to, I mean, you do invent things. You're just inventing something different. Mm. Yeah, that's true. You just yeah, you're thinking about it in a weird way because you're thinking of something uh, physical that you can touch and that you can market and that people need. You're giving people the option. You're not exploiting human necessity. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's the difference between like art and innovation. Art is optional. Innovation mm-hmm. is you found some hole and you just put a price on it. I just want to create something stupid though, some stupid toy like kids bug their parents for like lols or whatever the fuck is out there right now where kids bug their parents and they gotta buy it they gotta buy it i mean dude all you gotta do maybe not a toy but if if it's about inventing a thing that'll sell the the rules to creation are simple find something people hate doing create a way to make it easier to be done and then patent Ah. that bitch that's it that's the whole process to making shit nice yeah just nice. find something anything that annoys people just sit around and listen to somebody complain then be like i'm gonna make a solution for it then fuck yeah yeah this is super easy dude the the thing is you got to do the work and you got to want to do the work that's it and then you got to pay somebody to, to make the thing because you don't know how to make the thing or you learn you how to like make, make the thing. thing or you learn how to make the thing and that's another fucking step for you Ooh. you also got to find the guy to sell the thing Yep, or you can or learn, how, learn to how, how, to how to sell the thing, but that's another fucking step. Yeah, there's a lot of steps. That's yep. it. You can always be the uh, Elon Musks <laughs> and uh, at the beginning do every single step yourself. That's what he did. He fucking mm. thought himself had a code, found a problem that he didn't like, solved it, marketed that bitch, then used that money to find another problem, then made that shit. After a while, he had enough money to start paying people to do those same things, and all he had to do was find the problem that he wanted a solution for and then tell somebody to fix it. Fix that shit, motherfucker. Yep. I got this money. But ah. the motivation, that drive, there, it takes a special kind of person to just want to do that, f- seemingly for other people. The advantage that specifically Elon Musk has is that he's a lazy piece of shit, but he's lazy <laughs> and productive all at the same time. Because he's mm. like, I don't like how the banking system works. I invented PayPal. It's like, okay, shit. All right, fine. And then mm. he's like, man i hate driving and like sometimes you're just doing mundane shit while driving and it's like why couldn't the car drive itself you know what i made a car drive itself 
It's like, okay. That shit's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, man, I but hate. I'm also that guy that I'm like, I don't trust that fucking self-driving car. I would never trust that. I'm that, like, dude. I don't like change. You don't like change? Oh, you're the, you're resistant to it. I'm old school like that. Even my like my friends like that go to churches and stuff. And I don't go to church. I haven't gone and I can't even tell you how long. But I, the, the times I have been, like, recently, you know, in the past, I don't know, 10 years, it's all like, what is this? This is like, there's not hymnals. I like an old stuffy church, no air condition. You're sitting on a wooden pew. You, you know, you're, you're miserable the whole time. Because that to me is what fucking church is. It's not laser lights. It's not a band up there. It's not a cushion on a chair. It's sitting there and listening to one dude read the Bible. Like, that's what that is. Well, then I got two questions for you. First one is, why do you think you're afraid of change? I don't know. I think that's like part of the old school. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because it has to be fear, really? right? Oh. The only things that hold us back are, are some degree of fear. I, so I feel like I fall into the uh, like the routine or something. And for me to just change up my routine, that's a pain in my dick. Yeah, so change in general is just aggravating. Yeah, yeah. But I will. I will keep up. Like, I got a fucking smartphone. I got a fucking, you know. I do keep up with technology. It's just certain things. I don't know. I don't know. It's but eventually, weird. everybody breaks, you know, and you end up on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how long before it's too dangerous for you to drive a real car because everything on the street is already automated and you're going to be the, the single mistake is going to fuck up that algorithm and you're going to cause 800 million cars to just crash into one another yeah. and then you're going to go to jail forever. It'll be like, it'll be like when that's not available to me anymore. Okay, then, then I'll learn. Yeah, pretty much. Then I'll learn. Because you're not going to be fucking um, Will Smith from iRobot driving 200 miles down this fucking tunnel in a fucking motor car when every other car is driving itself. It's like, yeah. 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 And also, it comes to a point where, too, with technology, once they make it once they make it affordable, once they make it available to everyone. That's a lot more enticing, like, right? Try this out. Yep, yep, yep. That's a lot more enticing. Then my second yeah. question to you is, do you believe in God? I do believe in a God or something, something. I feel something had to have created this, this thing, this thing. Why? But I, I can't stomach religion. N nobody can stomach religion. Don't get me wrong. Except people who are no. too buried in ignorance and don't want to, don't want to acknowledge yeah. all the, uh, the kids getting fucked. But outside of that dark mm. shit, um, why do I you think, think this, yeah, this I think maybe there is, why do you think there's a design though? I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know. Like this, this fucking vessel we're in, it's, it's pretty intricate. There's some fucking shit. I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of failed to see that we could have just crawled out of a, out of a worm or a lizard. I don't know. Wait, you don't believe in evolution? I know. I really don't. Really? Oh really my don't. God. Fascinating. Yeah. You think that like it, we were made as humans. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, I feel like that's the case. Because what the fuck has evolved since we've been alive or even since things being recorded? I don't know. I've never seen, like, monkeys change. But evolution is so slow. You know? I don't know. No, you know what? You have seen evolution, though. It's just so yeah. slow that it's hard to, like, notice. Think of when there's just, like, a monkey, right? A monkey's just hanging out. And uh, you give it a bunch of toys. And you just... Leave it with those toys for two, three years. That monkey just plays with those toys forever, right? And eventually it yeah. learns how to use one of them, let's say like a, a back scratcher, and it learns how to use that toy to get like an apple from a tree that he can't climb for whatever reason. So he learned, I don't have to climb that tree if I can just reach up with this arm scratcher thing and like pull it down with it. It makes my arm a little longer. I don't even have to jump. I can just walk over there and pull it down. 
Now mm. he learned how to use a tool. All he has to do is pass that knowledge to his children. He uses it all the time. He teaches his children to do it. Now they inherently know how to do it. They've evolved because now so they use tools. Is evolution just that slow or we don't see it in our lifetime? To, yeah, yeah, it's slow. We see it, but see it's imperceptible. Difference? Like, we're not going to really see giant changes. It won't be like a monkey today and then tomorrow it's a fucking human. Okay, okay, because that's what I'm saying. I've never seen a monkey start fucking talking. i never seen that dude happen. So, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe we just don't live long enough to see. Yeah, I think that's definitely it. But I oh, see. here's the thing. We just, need, we just need to believe in something. Yes, I definitely, because ultimately, anybody who's like, uh, oh, science is the right way, it's like, okay, can you go far back enough to prove that, though? Yeah. You know, because science is religion, and so is Mm -hmm. uh, uh, theism and faith in something, and it's like, it doesn't matter what you're talking about, it's religion. You you have, or not religion, let's say not religion, it's not a, a collective construct of people coming together, but rather, it requires faith. Every belief yeah. system, whether it be religion, whether it be spiritualism, whether it be uh, science, religion, whatever, it it is a faith-based thing. Like, I didn't see the Big Bang. If I, if I were to say the Big Bang happened, I'd got to assume that the math and science I use, a.k.a. scripture, is right. Mm. Isn't that fucking crazy? The fact that it math and so physics crazy. is just scripture, it's... It, it's what is it? It's knowledge passed down through ages, written by people before yes. I was born, explaining events and scenarios and rules about the universe from before I was born that I just have to eat or fully understand. And there's no way to fully understand it because I don't have a hundred percent of all the parts. We don't understand everything that there is to understand, and the world has no reason to make perfect sense to me. Like the universe has no obligation. I don't think we ever have enough time. We never have enough time to either to like sit down and really think of it. Like we just we gotta we just gotta keep going. We gotta like we were saying earlier, we just gotta feed our fucking families, and we just gotta keep making money till we fucking drop. Yeah, isn't so that some never have crazy time to, like, shit? Sit back and really figure things out. And even if let's say we don't even have a family, and let's say we don't we don't have any materials, we go monk it out in the middle of some forest and just eat a single apple every day and dedicate the rest of our day to just really discovering the origin. How much information is there really that we can dive into? Yeah, or pass along. Or pass along, exactly. It doesn't matter where we started, we'll never get it all. And it doesn't matter how much has existed before us, it's still somebody's interpretation of the information. Exactly. So even science is ultimately like, yeah, you got to have faith in it. You can't just be like, science is 100% true. I can prove, you can't, it's like, how are you going to judge somebody for trying to prove religion with the Bible when you're trying to prove science with its math? And I find that super hypocritical that they're like, no, but math says this. How do you know? Because math said it. It's like, what the fuck? You're using math to prove the math. And who made the math? And who who made the math? math? Exactly. What the fuck? It's weird, but. Mm. I think it's all equal. I think there's no fucking difference. Yeah. I think when somebody says Big Bang, they do mean God. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I agree with that too. Because it's like, who made a Big Bang happen? Yeah. Somebody. Not even. No, that's not even it. I don't even think like somebody triggered the Big Bang. I think like both descriptions are identical. Oh. I think that somebody says, "Oh, God at the beginning." And they mean what? Oh, well, he was everything, everywhere, all at once. And it was like, okay, what was the Big Bang? It was the collection of everything that ever existed. 
It's like, okay, that sounds equal. And it's like, okay, so then what happened? Okay, God went ahead and he made uh, galaxies and planets and life and stuff. And it's like, okay, then what happened with the Big Bang? It's like it blew up and it made galaxies and planets and stars and, and, and life happened. It's like, okay, what the fuck is the difference between these two stories? <laughs> and satan's a cool one satan is the cool one that's all i know that dude knows how to party hey that what do they say the fun people go to hell right yeah yep and the good die young and the good die young exactly <laughs> anybody who's worth anything is going to be partying hell yes forever. hell yes bro anybody who's worth anything is going to be down there partying with the rest of us when we burn in that fiery lake yeah yep or we find out that shit doesn't even happen. Day. We we die and find out that's not even going to happen. We just fucking wake up again yeah. and be like, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. What is it? Like, just fade to black? Little static? It, I don't know. If it fades to black, what the fuck. then it doesn't even matter. Yeah. But if it doesn't fade to black. Like, there's so many horrifying scenarios, you know? Like, let's say there is a heaven, right? <laughs> if, if, if in hell... You get punished for your sins. You must remember the sins to get punished by them, right? Like, if you didn't remember, then what's the yeah. point of the punishment? But in heaven, yeah. if you are pure of sin, then you have to forget the sins you've done in life. You're no longer going to know sin. So you're, you're, That's what they say. They say you're not even going to have sexuality. You're not going to have any drive. You're not even going to have a dick. You're, you're just going to have a little yeah. fucking Ken. Dude, Ken doesn't pad. that sound like a fucking... And then all you do is worship forever. That sounds like a fucking yeah, nightmare. Crazy. I'm going to sit there singing and playing the harp. Like, that sounds lame. Dude, I don't, I that don't sounds like a nightmare. Well, don't get me wrong. Like, at the end of the day, if you're in that state of mind, you don't give a fuck. But also, yeah. why not remember my life? Fuck it. Send me to hell. Even yeah. if it's torture and I hate it, at least I'll remember my yeah. life. Yeah. Or, yeah, have that recollection. Exactly. Exactly. But that's a weird... Dude, that's like the unexamined life. Like, yeah, let me just get to the point where I'm so good where I'm just brainless. I just sitting there, all happy. That sucks, right? That sucks, dude. And, and I it's don't like, even know why? Yeah. The more you why. reflect, the scarier the universe gets. But there's also like, ignorance is the only way to achieve happiness. And it seems like the <laughs> offer of heaven is we also offer you ignorance. Yes, yes. And it's like when you're in hell, yeah. you maintain awareness, and so we're punishing you for that. It's dude. <laughs> if you really think about it, it sounds to me like. Whoever wrote the book is trying to trick everybody. <laughs> and it's like, maybe yes. the devil was the good guy all along and God was kind of the bad guy. Because let's, let's look at this objectively, yeah. right? What was the devil fighting for? He was saying, you're not better than me. We're equal. God was like, I'm yeah. fucking better than you. You're going to hell, bitch. Yeah, I just want to show everyone we're all equal. I just want to show everyone... Like a little reality here. Yeah, and he got punished for that shit. Meanwhile, yeah. God is like, you better stay under me. Yeah, yeah, dude, that sounds yeah. crazy. That sounds so fucked yeah, up. Like this, th yeah, exactly. This, like, bro, and okay, so we're like, oh no, he's evil and this shit and that shit. It's like he he told that guy to kill his son, bro. <laughs> and he told like he used to bring me sacrifices. He he, what? What two brothers were beefing because they were bringing him sacrifices and he liked this guy's dead animals more than that guy's food? <laughs> This is a better dead goat. Yeah. This is way bro, better. Bro, this is crazy. You go to church and do what? <laughs> Symbolize drinking fucking blood. And he's like, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. The devil Fuck. sounds like 
a not horrible kind of chill dude. And it, it what is, the Bible itself says it, that, you know, he's not going to be down there torturing you. He doesn't run hell. He's punished in hell with the rest of you. Ah. So he's not even, like, ruling hell. He's not the king of evil. I think he no. was just, like, the good guy that was like, wait a minute, am I suddenly self-aware? Holy shit, why aren't we all equal to this guy? And he was like, well, that's a flawed one. <laughs> he's yeah he's like your equal that's what it is yeah yeah the whole devil's shtick is i am not worse than god we are at worst case scenario we're equal and got punished <laughs> for that shit yeah he fucking booted me so here you go yeah dude it's it's real real backwards and twisted that i don't fucking understand mm. but i do think again like i was saying before i do think when people are talking about religion and they're talking about science and they're talking about spiritualism they're all talking about the fucking same shit we're really arguing about the language we're using to describe the thing that's it that's the real core argument he calls it big bang he calls it jehovah who the fuck cares what you're calling it? You're talking about the same set oh, of events. Yahweh. Yeah, Yahweh yep, or fucking. Awesome. Well, that's it. Every every religion basically is the same God. Is the same. Yeah. God. Unless it's Satanism. Sat what Satanic Church. That's everything else is the same God. Well, at Unless the end of the day, the Satanic Church is atheism. Yes. So that's not really a religion per se. It's more of a. It's kind of like uh, atheism and Satanism and Buddhism are more. Uh, philosophies than they are religions mm. yes just different takes yeah 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 exactly and ultimately when they're talking about philosophies they're talking about the philosophy of self so that falls into the discussion of sort of the global consciousness and uh mind being everything and ultimately when you look at the global consciousness it's just another way of describing uh, or, or religion or god or whatever which is like there was a what? singular consciousness, and then that consciousness generated reality, and then that consciousness created perspective within that reality, and that is what we consider ourselves. And it's like, that fucking, that's the same goddamn story again. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get how, like, every religion thinks they're absolutely right. I don't get that. Right? How convenient that you were born in the place that your religion is most likely and that it's also the right religion the all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody thinks that. Mine is the absolute. <laughs> like, really, motherfucker? I, I don't. But I everybody don't think thinks so. they're the main character as well of, like, the, sto the, the whole mm -hmm. thing. They're like, I'm the main character of the universe's story. It's me. And it's like, of course I was yeah, born where it's most likely because I'm the main character. It's like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? We're all the same shit. One of the major problems I've had with like, yeah, going to churches is people thanking God for things. And it's like, you just thank God for your job. No, motherfucker, you got your job with your skills, with your knowledge, with, you know, your connections. Like, you did that. God didn't just like be like, oh, here you go. Here's here's a CEO job. I agree. And I also hate the opposite of that, which is when people... So, so you're talking about the people who got the thing, they did the hard work, and they got it, and then they thank God for it. I hate the people yes. who then go and ask God to get it, and then don't move a single finger. That's, yeah, that, that's the other thing, and, and I hate when people just, yeah, just ask God for, like, selfish things, like, in prayer. And you hear them, like, you know, when people are praying, you know, in church out loud. It's like, what? You're asking God for that? I don't, I don't know. Do you pray? Uh, not really. Not really. Every now and then. Once in a while, when I feel really guilty, I'll pray for forgiveness or I'll pray like for my kids, like, you know, you know, whatever. Or I will every now and then pray for like patience 
to just be a better person. I've done that here and there, but it's never like, give me another job. Give me, give me a, you know, a better car. It's, it's never that kind of a thing. All right. Two things. I, uh, recently, recently, maybe within the last week, actually, I heard somebody, I, I was watching a video or something and they mentioned being an atheist, but still praying. Like, they don't believe in God, but they pray anyway because it's still sort of a meditative experience. Oh, oh I was thinking like a backup plan, like just in case. Oh, no, I no, no. I, I think it was more for like a it, it gives me a moment to find out more about myself because I'm ultimately talking to oh, me. And I find that amazing. Once I heard that, I'm like, prayer doesn't have to be attached to anything. It could just be a way to sit there and reflect and find out what it is that you want and imagine what it is that you're talking to. Even if it's you, you're imagining some kind of pure or higher version of you or whatever is oh, yeah. going on. Yes. Ah, and that being said, I've always thought of prayer as sort of a meditation, which is yeah. you're just sort of... I don't know, just tuning into something and sort of existing in a state that isn't your physical being. You're trying to, or even if you're not existing in it, you're trying to connect to a state where you are not physical. You know, you're trying to connect through some other level of something, whatever that might be or whatever you might imagine it is. So I, I do find uh, praying a fascinating thing. Yeah. I also feel like, I don't know, some of the religions like Catholic, like I got to Talk to a priest to talk to God. Why? Why? That, that God exists. Why can't I just do it in, in my own, you know, everyday life? Here's the, the fascinating thing is that the Bible completely warns people about things like that. It, it's specific. The Catholic Church is, and I don't have a problem with most of Christianity. There's a lot of flaws in it. But my real beef is with mm. Catholicism because they commit yes. all the sins all the time and say it's part of the church. And it's like, that doesn't fucking make sense. And one of those things is what you just mentioned, which is you have to talk through somebody to get to God when God specifically yeah. says, Jesus specifically says, you don't need church at all. He uses those words. You don't yeah. need a church to talk to me. Your your relationship yep. with God has to be you to God, not you to some other asshole who's fucking children when you're not looking, and then God. Exactly. Some other man that's flawed. Exactly. Or just like you. Why is he pure in any way that you are mm -hmm. not? Exactly. Because I used to go to um too, and when I was married, you know, like I said, I I've never been like I when I was young, I had to go to church. You know, that was just part of you know the family I was in, and um. When I did get married, I did go to church with my, you know, now ex-wife. And the, but the preacher of that church, I will ah, say, I've heard him preach some of the best things. I've heard him say, um, you know, I'm flawed. I'm flawed just like you. Yeah. Well, I look at a girl in like really skimpy clothes and be like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I I sin every day. And he would also say things like, you are not here to like push, to push anything on people. You're just here to be like salt mixed with pepper. Like you just be a good person on your own. You don't force, you know, religion on anybody, but you just live a good life. That's what you need to do as a person. Like he would teach you, he would say some of the coolest things I've ever heard a preacher say. See, that's the thing. That's, I think that's the right way to be. I think it, mm. it's religion and, uh, and faith and philosophy and even science, all of it, all of it. I think the purpose <clears throat> of existence is to find a way to better yourself before existence runs out. I think that's the whole point the meaning of life is be yep. better than where you began that's it be better than yeah. that yeah yep and then and make it visible and like where people could see it not even 
I disagree. Even if nobody ever sees it, Mm. it has to be objectively true. And it doesn't matter who sees it happen. If you were to die and then judge it from wherever the fuck you went to, you got to be like, yes, there was progress and I got better. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that in like family members, you know, and I've seen family members pass like. And just say they have no regrets. And that is something cool to hear. That is amazing to hear. I also don't think that's even a possible thing. But, like, I I think ultimately we will always regret. But also, I don't think we should. I think even people who are doing horrible are still doing the best with what they have, you know? Mm -hmm. Again, I don't think anybody's inherently trying to do evil. I think... We were raised by flawed people, some more than others, and we processed the world based on those flaws that were put on us. And whether that's, oh, I was molested by my father, so in some way, if I don't explore this, I won't know why he did it. It's not like I want to fucking ruin a child. It's like I have to understand this thing. And then that's even a child molester doing something horrible, but it wasn't like horrible intention. Uh, He's not thinking of I want to fucking destroy this kid's life. Some people got addictions. How many people aren't shooting shit into their veins? And we're like, you can get help, but if you fucking touch the kid, you're fucked forever. And it's like, eh. Then again, yeah, you shoot that shit in your veins. The cops now have something called Narcan to to just fix you. Exactly. You You know what I think is important? Yeah, now you're fine. I I think, uh, and people went crazy over this, but I think that uh, there was a company that made a couple of sex dolls that were children. And people lost their fucking minds. And I actually think that's a genius idea. There are many, 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 many men Uh who join religion, specifically Catholic church as, as priests and apparently the Boy Scouts as well, entirely with the access to yeah. young children in mind. And it's like, maybe it is some sort of addiction and this gotcha. itch is driving them there infinitely. Maybe give them this thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? It totally makes sense. Too, you know, you know, I remember when I was younger, I had, you know, teachers or whoever say, you know, yeah, you may have a thought. You may have a thought cross your mind, but acting on the thought is completely different. That's why I think a lot of people yes. have a, they can't connect. They, they can't disconnect a thought from an action. Exactly. That's sort of what makes killers and shit, man. And it's like, it's not their mm-hmm. fault, but like, if you're not raised with a certain, again, all of us start at different points. So we need, we have different capacities to, for self-control and reflection and self-awareness and things like that, that somebody might just have the itch to find out how many children have impulse controls right now, right? Like they, they just kind of yeah. spit out whatever the fuck comes out of their mouth. And it's because we've given yeah. them shitty food that has fried their fucking brains and they have chemicals running around their body and they just do dumb shit it's just what it is loaded with shit yeah imagine that same kid had a stupid fucking thought and explored that thought next thing you know he killed somebody he wasn't a bad fucking guy and and they never had somebody like just talk to them or realize that like you know notice that thought like you always when you have a kid you always have to be conscious of that like i've totally here's like i've said something even just you know the way i joke uh you know i'll be like if something's cute to me, I'll be like, oh, that's so stupid. And one of my kids uh, did something once, and I'm like, oh, that's so dumb. And he, you know, didn't take it as I meant it. He thought I said what he did was dumb, and he started crying. I'm like, no, buddy, I didn't mean that that's dumb. I just call something I think is really cute stupid or dumb. Like, it was, it was amazing what you did. You know, I just 
don't uh, portray portray it that way. I'm like, no, but you're fine. You did nothing wrong, type of thing. Like, but isn't that so crazy? Is. How those little sensitive things could immediately set somebody off. And like, again, you you were there to talk your kid through the moment and explore. Like, oh yeah. yeah, of course he doesn't see it the way I do. Let me explain this. But how many kids don't have that? Because even their parents don't have yeah. the thought of, oh, maybe he felt some way about that. Let me go talk to him. Yeah, that's something I've really, really worked on as a parent, too. And my ex-wife, I will give her credit for, too, because um, my oldest son, not too long ago, at her house, you know, he acted out and he, you know, cursed out, I think, her and her mother as well. And her first thought was something that really surprised me. She was just like, well, you're acting out. Something, you know, has hurt you. If you want to talk to me about it, you can. If not, just, you know, know that you made a mistake and work on it for yourself like it was like wow like are you the same woman i used to be married to because she really had a had an amazing take on it i mean again we all learn as we go she's definitely better than she was and she learned tricks just by being a parent like that has to be a crazy learning experience we've also learned too that like they at one point were playing us against each other they would tell us things that were either totally fake or just like embellished about you know when they when they were up here or when they were down there vice versa and we would always go at each other we would go at each other and fight and be like why did this happen down there and the more we talked we're like okay maybe that didn't happen so let's keep talking and let's maintain a friendship and they could see that now and they don't do it anymore yeah, it is. It's um, again. I think, and he, this is the craziest part. But I think children specifically have more access to the understanding that life is about bettering themselves than adults, because we have all this convoluted bullshit surrounding us that obscures that purpose in life. Yeah, or our own hatred of each other. You know, our own hurt. You know, you hurt me, and I'm just gonna hold this. I'm gonna yes, hold this grudge. I'm and those are moments anger. of weaknesses where we're being driven by our sort of primal uh sort of the the dark that wants to form tries to push its way out mm. and then takes control of us for that time and we we do weaken but what happens we always see it and we're like oh fuck i fucked up sometimes we're not even like big enough to yeah. go and try to resolve the problem a lot of us are like i fucked up but you know what that yeah. was on them but some of us are like fuck i yeah. fucked up let's let's go have that conversation even if it's uncomfortable or yeah. awkward or something and i think that is life yeah. life is always moving forward one way or another agreed agreed ain't that some fucking shit bro life is confusing that's some hell. fucking shit right there word anyways we have reached that time bro Ooh, bro. I can't believe it flew that fast. Hell yeah, that's always how it goes. It always definitely flies. Like, people think two hours, and they're like, holy shit, that's long as fuck. But it's like, it goes quickly. <laughs> and then we always end on the same note. We just start getting deep conversation. It, it's Everybody gets tripped away by the end, and then we end up in morality somehow. <laughs> nice. Word. But it's been fascinating, dude. I've been trying to get you forever. I wanted to pick your brand, and I hope I can get you again in the future, get you in here, and just keep poking your mind for some... For some time. So uh, let everybody know where yeah. they can find anything and everything you're doing. Ooh, just Google. Just Google Robin Slim or Twitter at Robin Slim Show. iTunes, Podbean, all that crap, Robin Slim. Perfect, perfect. Anything you're going to be doing anywhere they can go check you out other than the Robin Slim Show? Uh, to uh, YouTube no, is uh, Too no. Many Rapes, right? That's basically it. What's that? That uh, YouTube has your Too Many Rapes thing on its own as a separate thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole, like, yeah, its own playlist. You could watch it from the beginning. You could see the progression. You could see us 
get the outer space and time travel and all that right on uh robin slim on youtube perfect perfect thank you so much for finally doing this though bro i know i've been harassing you for some time to get you in here <laughs> but you're a busy I'm guy dude busy. i'm always busy too so like i'm glad i'm glad we have the time to, to do this yeah dude uh definitely appreciate you taking because i know it's always that you're busy always you do so fucking much dude i don't even understand how the fuck <laughs> And I appreciate all the connections you've helped me make, Jack. Man, don't even worry about it. I love what you do. If we don't help each other, nobody's going to help any of us, you know? Agreed. Agreed, my friend. Exactly. But I definitely appreciate you. I appreciate you being here, bro. And I hope we can do that again. And I hope to one day go and uh, talk abstract nonsense on your show again, too. And we can just keep connected for the rest of eternity until one of us kicks the bucket. And then the other one is like, well, shit, that ended (laughs) So we're doing it in hell together. Word up, partying with the devil and whatever other people are going to land down there to party with us. <laughs> Fuck yes. Hell yeah. Appreciate you, man. Enjoy your night, dude. You too, man. I'll talk soon. Hell yeah, dude. Have a good night, dude. That was fascinating. That was. Yeah. Rob is the shit, man. I hope you guys now understand. Tell him to get a PlayStation 4. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him to get a PlayStation 4 and play some fucking Horizon Zero Dawn if he wants to see some Detroit. apocalyptic future type of shit. Detroit become human. Mm. Basically, make him become a total video game nerd, but on PlayStation. <laughs> anyways yeah that was definitely fascinating uh like always i have to go in as soon as i see the opening dig into some deep shit so right there at the tail end fucking talking fucking talking about some god uh-huh <laughs> yeah but nah and sort of the meaning of life that's a topic we don't visit with guests too often the meaning of freaking life i remember we visited that with um with chris when we had chris on we visited mm-hmm. that temporarily but I do completely agree with what we were talking about there, which is it is about bettering ourselves. Life is. is about bettering ourselves. Yes. That is the ultimate goal of a sentient being. Mm-hmm. To just be better than you are. Learn more and improve and take the steps necessary to increase who you are as a human. Or and add we're value. Always doing that. And he's doing that, it seems, maybe. Yes. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah. Yeah, it's important that he does, and he seems to be doing it, and he's pursuing... Here's the thing. Creativity naturally does that. Because you want to do a better... Well, the way he talked about his podcast, yeah, it definitely sounds like he wants the show to be perfect. Yes, he's always trying to improve what it is and make it something that functions better and better. And it's like this this thing through which you filter who you are onto, or not filter... But you kind of throw yourself onto it. And you, you, the canvas, you paint yourself onto it. You're always improving the image of yourself. But you can only paint what you see. So it sort of makes you want to. So you paint the thing that's not real. It becomes you eventually. Because in order for you to paint over that, you got to fucking make that a reality to see what else is on there. So you always end up reflecting off of the creation. And so. If for the show you have to learn to tolerate people more, then yes. in general you just learn to tolerate people more. And so you became a better person, but because you were working on your art. Not even intentionally. Not even intentionally. It's just art makes you a better person. Mm-hmm. And all forms of art do that. If you're looking 
for money as a primary source, you are living life the wrong way. But if you're looking for art as a primary source, you are gaining what you're truly seeking, which is which is purpose. The source of purpose isn't money. It is creation and investment and participation and continuation. There's so many benefits and so many things you could accomplish. I don't know. Everyone needs to do more, do more art, do more... Do more in general. Creative yes. stuff. Just... Creation forces you to reflect. That's really kind of where it lands. Creation forces you to reflect and it forces you to understand things in a more abstract way and in order to get abstract what do you do you have to break things apart and you have to look at individual parts and those individual parts are you because you're making you in a different form and it's weird and different but you see how it's you and it improves you in the long run anyways and that's just some kind of weird characteristic that it has it's just yeah like even if you don't yeah, don't make money off of it. Just do it for you. Just do it for you. Yeah, everybody should take a head dive in. And a perfect example is Rob, that you might not start making money, but that always comes later. Perfect example is his grind. It always comes later. You always get the benefit by riding that train. And have fun riding that train. Yeah, and have fun riding that train. Don't aim at success. Aim at uh, accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Don't, I guess success is if success is accomplishment, great. If success is uh, financial gaining or status, then boo. Yes, boo. <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't be the meaning of life, and that shouldn't be the only thing that uh, you're chasing in life. It it's kind of lame for that to be your entire driving force in the universe. Yeah, be like Eminem. Strive to be God in your heart. Strive to be God. (laughs) Eminem's a weird guy, man. He's been talking about being celestial or using celestial imagery or talking about being infinite or Jesus in other words or God in other words, except when he literally used the word God. Hey, he said he's God. He's the rap God. It's fascinating. He is an interesting musician. Anywho. I do hope you guys definitely enjoyed that conversation with Rob. He is one of my favorite people, period. I, uh, You guys know I love people who do a bunch of shit. I love people who make weird things. Uh, some of my favorite guests have all been people who are creators, who are kind of on these odd journeys of self-discovery through what they do, trying to understand who they are, trying to they're understand... They're all so different. I love the chase is so different from each other. Yes, they're all... It's like the same road and a very different road, and the results they get are very similar and very Such different. Different all at the same people time. too. Yes, but it seems like almost all are introverts. That's a what? theme of my life. Dave's not. Dave's not for sure. That is Reaper. But um, yeah. So if you want to find Rob and his show at all his locations, you can find uh, you can pretty much find the Robin Slim Show. On uh, Google Podcasts, you can find it on Podbean, you can find it on Apple Podcasts. They also have a Twitter and an Instagram you can find them at. You can also find them live on uh, Facebook, and you can find them live on IPM Nation. On Wednesdays. On Wednesdays. At like 7? No, 6? Yeah, Wednesdays at 6.30, I believe. 6.30? Okay, yeah. around that time. Yeah, 6, 6.30-ish. And uh, you guys can definitely tune into all of that 
make sure you do do yourself a favor and check it out. If you enjoy this show, you're going to enjoy that show. It is funny. Yes. We make you laugh, but we also make you think. And sometimes that is a little bit of weight. You don't have to do that over there. You will just go there and laugh. And when the guests come on, you will still have what you have here with guests. It is... And he's, I'll give him that. He's definitely a better host than I am because I, tr- I try to go in with no plan and wing it. And it is just kind of this anomalous thing. While over there, you get to know what these people do, why they do it. And it is a fascinating investigation. He's a great host and a great interviewer. You guys should definitely check out his work. As for us, you can find this and any other guests we've had, as well as our standalone episodes with just me and Christina at... Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Just Convo Pod. You can also find the podcast on the official website at GreatThoughts.info, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Yes, and remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show, and we'll read it on the program the way we did at the beginning, and uh, let us know what you think, and you know, that kind it's of stuff. It's always fun to know. Even if it's bad, it's awesome. Yes, and it's... it lets people know what's going on. Yeah. it let it inf- Whatever your comment is, if it's about the show, it lets them know kind of what's happening, so that they know skimming through whether or not they even want to dedicate a moment and maybe you have a dislike that is also a dislike of theirs and you save somebody the time and they or just... your dislike is something someone else is looking for yes or your like is something somebody else likes or your like is somebody else's dislike you never know like it's helpful one way or another because it's more information they have mm-hmm. so feel free to do that and just be honest don't don't feel pressured to fucking Give us five stars. Like, I don't care, dude. Just go be honest and rate, rate us what you think we deserve and leave a comment. That matters. Or let someone who might like it know about it. Yes. Tell anybody you want about it. Go speak about it. Show people who might hate it. Show people who might love it. Show people who show might think your grandma. it's funny. Yeah, show your grandma. Your grandma will love it. Your grandma will think this is the most woke thing she's ever heard. Mm-hmm. And if she's your grandma, she probably comes from an era where woke was good before it became the garbage that is now where people are a bunch of angry retards. So, hey, she'll love it more than you haters will. And, uh, yeah. So this has been the Just Conversation podcast. Take nothing personal. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Second languages in elementary school? Yes, I took uh, Spanish, I think, every single year I was in school. Whoa. So you know it very well, or you don't? Do Spanish? You? Yeah. You oh, no, I don't know the well. fucking rules of Spanish. It's like you English. Don't I don't understand the rules of language. I just speak several at the end. Okay. Like, instinctively, I can have a conversation. I can talk to you in Spanish. I can talk to you in Italian. I can talk to you in English. Our messages will get across. We'll understand what we're saying perfectly fine go ahead and ask me to write it now we got a problem but can you read it wait did i say you can read it it's (laughs) yeah i can definitely read it it's just a little more complicated okay but it's better than writing it yeah i can definitely read it is it because i don't need to understand the periods i don't need to understand the commas or anything i'm getting the message from the word
The Just Conversation podcast is hosted by Christina Clazo and Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor, and published by Grace Alstein Info, social media managed by Amber Black.